Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined as ever by perhaps the most handsome American on this podcast. It's only Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how are you, good sir? Oh, what an intro, folks. What what a what a gentleman. What a gentleman. Rob Goodwin, I am fantastic, and I just want to let you know. And all of our listeners know that if you're not down with stardom and the stardom cast, I got two words for you. Bye, boy. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. And I was like, I can't stop him. <laughs> Why would you? It's I mean, the coolest catchphrase in all of wrestling, buddy. Bye, boy. <laughs> uh, the fact that they're leaning into the whole, what does that even mean properly? I, I am a big fan of that because who the hell knows what a bipoy is. I have spent hours, fruitless hours, Googling what poi is. Because I thought like, oh, maybe it means cute or fairy or something like that. No, no, no. For all I can, all my admittedly meagre research, um, I have found absolutely nothing. I can only assume it is a completely made-up word, which makes bipoi even more ridiculous. But... Say what you want about Natsapoi's poiness. In her inherent poiness, Jesus Christ, I would argue she is on the run of her career at the moment, which we're going to get into shortly, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And just even like the, the cat, again, the catchphrase, like the dumbest catchphrases are the ones that get over. Like, look at smell what the rock is cooking. You know, what? You know, LA Knight, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the dumbest <laughs> things that I guess if you just really go whole hog into it, uh, it gets over. And, like, the, you know, the the Japanese wrestlers throughout time have never been, like, the best interviews, like, the, the coolest interviews or have, like, the one, you know, give me the one catchphrase that, like, Masao or Kawada had. They didn't, you know what I mean? But, like, all of a sudden, Stardom's really leaning into, like, their interviews and press conferences, and now we have this Bipoi, and with Natsupoi literally being, like, the be- all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be the best wrestler on this roster now. It's like, oh, okay, you know, we're, we're all in for it. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. And yeah, we have a lot of fantastic stuff to get into. Before I forget, the one negative thing that I kind of just want to just touch upon real, real quick, Rob, and get, kind of get out of the way. 
I mentioned last week on this show and on social media uh, the past week that we were going to start covering uh, Io Shirai, stuff that she's doing in WWE. And then once Kyrie gets there in the fall, we were going to kind of do, you know, the two daughters, what are they up to in WWE? I did not have any time at all to watch or fast forward or delete anything from WWE <laughs> off my DVR just between everything from the five star stardom X stardom. I try to watch as much as the G1 as I could. And then um, I'm in the midst of this mammoth uh, Sayakamatani wonder of stardom uh, run rain review for our Patreon listeners. Plus I had super duper double looper date night with my wife last week. So I did not get any time. I apologize. Um, I will not be talking about anything Io Shirai did this past week in WWE, but hopefully uh, next week we'll be able to get to it. Oh, yeah, there will be a regular segment on the episode entitled The Two Daughters, where we do go through everything that uh, that Kyrie and Io Sky are getting up to. And I know that a couple of you, obviously, since it broke, that Kyrie would be stepping away from stardom and uh, more than likely making her way to the WWE, although she did stop short in her press conference of actually confirming it. Um, we will... A couple of people have come to us and said, oh, you've got to change your your logo now. And, Matt, I know that you have a logo in the, in the works, so we're going to leave changing Kyrie's the logo for now, but as soon as this new logo is up, um, that will be our new podcast logo, our new um, Twitch social media logo as well. And I've done the background for it. I'm just waiting for that logo. Matt, I have seen the picture that you have used. It is going to be amazing. Yeah, we have 5,000 other logos that if you, you can always rotate in or out as well. Plus, like, you know, we have the Freedom logo there as well for that we use for the Stardom Cats Extra. I don't think we need to take that down because I think like EO and Kyrie are such a huge part of stardom's history. Like, why would you take it down? I understand people are like, well, she's not going to be there anymore. You need to take that down. I'm like, nah, I'm going to kind of humbly, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. Uh, you know, she's a huge part of stardom's history. And that picture was from one of the best matches in stardom slash new Japan. But when she won the IWGP women's championship championship from Mayu. So, um, yeah, there will be a uh, a new logo. I was told the end of August, and we're rapidly approaching. So uh, our friend Haley, who does our logos, is super busy with her tattoo business, and she's doing great there. So these logos are uh, going to be, instead of every few months, and maybe like one or two a year, just because she's super busy, but um, she's super nice and able to squeeze us in. So hopefully in a week or two, you'll be able to see uh, the new logo. So, yeah, exciting, exciting things. We're always uh, always on the run, always on the move. Here at the Stardom Cast, aren't we, Rob Goodwin? Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of being on the move, I don't know if that's even a good segue. It probably isn't. But, Matt Turner, what, if anything, is coming up on the Patreon this week? There's lots on the Patreon. The Patreon is really on the move. So there you go, buddy. There you go. I what did it. Team, buddy. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Like Ricky and Robert over the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> the, Star the Stardom Cast Express on the move. Um... On the Patreon this week, we just released uh, for the bi-weekly podcast, uh, Patreon listeners, Yutami Hayashist and Sayakamatani Aphrodite, their fantastic run in the 2022 uh, Goddess of Stardom Tag League. Absolutely had a ball going back and watching those matches and then coming on the podcast and just uh, reviewing and breaking down the matches. That got released this past week, um, as well as um, Sayakamatani. 
challenging Tam Nakano for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Uh, spoiler, she does win the championship, folks. Don't tell anybody. Also, uh, we just released today, as this recording, our fantastic and pretty much tell-all interview with the one and only Carrie Silken, which was an absolute blast to record. Uh, we're probably going to have Carrie back on again sometime soon, as he did make mention at the end of the show that he did want to do a part two. And we said, absolutely. So we'll have to figure that out in the upcoming months. And uh, coming up next week on the Patreon, Rob, will be alternate commentary, Saya Kamatani defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship against Utami Hayashista from night one of World Climax from March of last year. And I did make mention about a minute or two ago, by the end of the month, I will have the fantastic, amazing, and gargantuan uh, Saya Kamatani Wonder of Stardom Championship run review. That'll be up on your Patreon feed by the end of the month. I'm about halfway done with it. And I do remember, I watched all these matches live when they happened, Rob. And I do remember, you know, all these matches just absolutely fantastic. But the one match I went back and watched, and I remember it was really good. I don't remember it being this good. And, and I, I put it up on Twitter just a couple days ago. And, Rob, if you haven't got a chance to please go back and watch it. From um, May of last year, Sayakamatani defending against Micah. I mean, I remember it being really, really good. But I went back and watched it. And I was like, wow, that might be Micah's best singles match ever so in my opinion if i'm looking at this run the best singles matches ever coming from saya kamatani's opponents in this run are mina shirakawa hazuki micah himika mirai and starlight kid so six fantastic wrestlers in my opinion had their best singles matches with saya kamatani in this run i mean what else can you say about that? I mean, we we talked about the Utami match that obviously is going to be up on our Patreon next week and how much of a hidden gem it is. And it's because of matches like the matches that you've just said that it is a hidden gem because it does get buried under an avalanche of outstanding matches from effectively one of the best runs in stardom history. And I know that you, you're an advocate of it being the greatest in stardom history. Um, just to add to that, as well on Sunday, which I believe he says, not knowing the date on Sunday because he's only 33, um, on the 20th. It's going to drop on the 20th at 5 a.m. Your uh, British Standard Time is going to be our second Q&A. We recorded that last night um, as we record this, and uh, it was good fun, Matt. Bit of a, bit of a length between... Uh, between the episodes, you know, only a year. But, uh, yeah, it was good fun to get back into the habit of uh, just talking random rubbish and uh, having questions about stuff other than wrestling. Yeah, and then we mix in the wrestling as well. So it was a complete bag, and we're going to do those once every quarter so uh, to kind of get a little bit more fluid. And Rob did make mention there was a whole litany of questions that were kind of backlogged from the past year. We got through a decent amount of them, but we will not be, uh, we will not ignore any questions as long as they're in good taste, of course. Um, but uh, so we, we will hit them on the next one. So uh, yeah, it was an absolute blast. And I, other than the very first question, I had no idea what questions were coming at me. And I kind of like it like that. This way I'm kind of on my toes, kind of calling it in the ring, if you will. But yeah, that was an absolute blast. So yeah, if you're on our Patreon folks, I mean, there is so much stuff coming at you, you know, not only that, but plus what we have in the back catalog as well. So if you're on the fence of joining the Patreon, I mean, just, you know, take a look to see what we have on there. And not only do you get all the fantastic stuff that we do every month, but that back catalog is just, you know, 
giant. You know, there's a lot of really, really good content that myself and Rob put out, uh, you know, uh, pretty much every week. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and I just want to shout out all of our fantastic patrons um, just for your support. You are all absolutely fantastic. Our latest patron, Daryl Goobler, uh, thank you to you for pledging your support on the Stardom Cast Extra, patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast is where you can find hundreds literally hundreds of additional hours of me and matt talking about stardom um right let's sort of delve into what we've got to talk about today because good grief we have got so much to talk about today um i mean the news is literally uh, just sorry match reviews we have got three shows and stardom x stardom we have got two shows to preview new blood 10 and the midsummer fest and then we've got news on top of it so if you like longer episodes strap yourselves in it's gonna be a long one um first thing i want to talk about and this is partly my fault for not being on last week obviously is uh the news that Kyrie will be leaving stardom. Um, she did do a press conference that was streamed on YouTube that basically said um, she's going on a different voyage um, and that she is stepping away from the ring from, I think it was early September. She's seeing out her commitments and then she's taking a break. Um, according to, and this is where you've got to be, so you've got to be careful with translations. Um, I've seen a couple of translations say that she was close to retirement and it took her husband to talk her out of it. I've seen some translations say, um, and this mixed with the Wrestler Observer newsletter, that losing the IWGP championship so quickly to, uh, to Mercedes Monet was a big component as well, and then obviously there is the uh, the rumblings that she is returning to the WWE. Um, Matt, just before we go into other things, what do you think if this is the end of Kyrie in stardom, um, at least for this run anyway? Um, what do you think about the run as a whole, um, and what do you see in the future? for uh, one Kyrie, Kyrie Hojo, Kyrie Sane, whatever you want to call her. Um, I thought she had a really, really good run. She got a lot of new eyes, especially over here from the States that really enjoyed her in WWE and especially NXT because she had a great NXT run. And then that people realized, wow, she was a big star in stardom uh, before she came over. My only thing is she never really put anybody over clean in the ring. Like you thought you would have got with Saya or you, Tommy, or even Julia. But um, at the same time, maybe some of that wasn't her fault. She did make mention like two or three months ago that she wanted to wrestle more for stardom, be on the road more with stardom. So maybe you would have started, you know, you built Kyrie up, you know, as this big, you know, the aura of Kyrie and this legend of Kyrie still in her prime coming, you know, from the WWE, having a pretty good run there. So basically, you build her up without really uh, having her get any uh, losses in a stardom ring. I know she lost to, you know, Mercedes, but technically that was in the uh, New Japan ring. So it's like, okay, you have that maybe, you know, the year two. Now maybe we'll see that the culmination of her and that, you know, Sayakamatani, that mini few they had for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Even if it wasn't for the belt, you, this would be a big platform to put Sayakamatani over. But I don't think she had a singles match in stardom at all this year. 
she did a lot of the tag stuff and the uh, the multi-tag stuff, and that was really about it. So maybe some of this wasn't on Kyrie. Maybe it was on some of the booking, or maybe it just didn't make sense. Maybe Kyrie's asking price just wasn't, you know, a part of their budget. I mean, we don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Um, I obviously love Kyrie. I'm a huge fan of hers. I'm sure you are as well, Rob. I loved her matches. I thought she had great matches again with Saya, with Mayu, the tag stuff she did, uh, you know, with uh, with Tam versus Utami and Miyu Amasaki. When it was like Miyu was like fifth or sixth match in, I thought was really good. That match she had with Utami at um, uh, uh, Dream Queendom, excuse me, at the end of last year, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And it really looked they were going to run it back. And the fact they were teasing her and Julia was something I was really looking forward to. Now, she did say, again, loosely based on the translation, that she has four dates left. She announced the two dates that she's doing with uh, Sendai Girls and I, and somebody else. I forget who it was. Oh, All Japan, which is crazy to think. <laughs> Not All Japan Women's, like proper All Japan. I'm like, all right, works for me. Um, I'm hoping those last two dates are stardom. And uh, I would love to see her and Julia and maybe her and Saya, pending on Saya's injury. You know, we still don't know uh when saya is going to be back or her and utami or maybe they do uh you know a six person or multi-person but i would just love because again i don't think Kyrie had a proper singles match in stardom but i would love to see her and julia and her put julia over clean as a whistle in the middle of the ring kind of on her way out so um regardless i know Kyrie's uh her return has been kind of a mixed bag i love the matches anytime she was on a card I would be, you know, really, you know, kind of, kind of sitting up proper because I'm just a huge fan of her. And regardless if she didn't put anybody over in the ring with a one, two, three, or a tap out submission, she got she put a lot of people over by what she was able to do in the ring. You, you, you know, you Tommy, who's already a big star, got more notice over here in the states because of that match. Sayakamatani, and again, Miyu Amasaki, she really made her made Miyu in that match where a good majority of it was just heat on Miyu, and then Miyu finally firing back that last quarter of the match really put a nice shine on me before unfortunately she got injured so uh i really enjoyed her stuff again i'm a huge fan of Kyrie. as far as uh, what her future holds it looks like she's going to go back to the wwe so you're going to see her on a bigger stage and the fact that the wwe is way better now than it was when she was there before and the women's division is better now you know bianca belair is light years better Shayna baser is light years better uh oscar you know hopefully we see you know a one-on-one match between the two of them Obviously, the big match that, you know, any major stardom or Josie fan wants to see is Kyrie versus EO. And fingers crossed, Rob Goodwin. Again, we always we, we seem to make a mention of this every episode. So why stop now? Philly Mania. How crazy would it be if we see EO versus Kyrie for the WWE Women's Championship? Wouldn't that be like a dream come true for both of us? The only way that could have been better, and the tickets are on sale this weekend, which is exciting in itself. So something will be concrete the next time we record, which is uh, incredibly exciting. The only way it could have been any better was if that match had taken place in Florida with Kyrie on that massive pirate ship they had at 37. That would have been the most perfect entrance, but it wasn't to be. Um, I completely agree. Like, my own, and this is, I know, a view that is shared by many on uh, on social media and in on message boards and things like that. Message boards? How old am I? Um, is that Kyrie, obviously wrestled a significant amount of the uh, of the stardom talent especially in the first year and a half sorry year and a half half a year to a year of her return and 
she is a huge star. That That's undeniable. She is a star. She is a big draw. She didn't put a single person over. Now, yes, she had fantastic matches. She had that great 30-minute time limit draw with Saya. She had that phenomenal match against Mayu that I still stand as one of the better matches of 2022. A good match with Utami, and so on and so forth. The fact remains that she only lost to Mercedes Monet. Now, if you're Kyrie, and in in no way being disrespectful, you are in, some would say, the twilight of your career, whilst you still have some of that drawing power, wouldn't it have been a more effective use of Kyrie? Once that initial pop of the World Climax re-return and things like that, would it not have been better to have Kyrie? I'm not saying lose every match. That's ridiculous. It would The sheen would go almost immediately, but lose a select few matches to those people that need just that little bump. For example, think of the rub that a lost a starlight kid would have. Or that, if she'd have lost clean to Sire. That's my only criticism. And that might be the booking. It might be Kyrie. It mm-hmm. might be Kyrie being full Hulk Hogan. Who knows? Backstage politicking Kyrie. Um, I don't know if I see that, but yeah, you might be right. It might be the booking. I just don't see Kyrie going, hey, Sire, that doesn't work for me, brother. It doesn't do work that. for me, brother. Let me tell you something, Hatman. Um, I don't know why. Kyrie then turned into the uh, the Cookie Monster, but there we are. Um, <laughs> you had the Cookie Monster and Hulk Hogan on your Stardom Cast Bingo card. Fill them in right now. Folks. There you go. Um, yeah, I just I feel like there was more to come. Obviously, we had that match teased with Julie. We had a match teased with Suzu Suzuki as well. Um, and you know, oh, think of especially as we seem to be just sort of hanging fire on Suzu Suzuki a little bit. Imagine how much that would have helped Suzu beating Kyrie. But obviously it wasn't to be. I agree. I hope those final two matches are in stardom, but we will see. Um, You mentioned that she is going to be fighting at Sendai Girls. She is indeed. Um, And the next big show, which I believe is the 2nd of September, um, Natsupoi will also be on that card. She will be facing Yuriki Oka um, at the Sendai Girls Big Show, it's called, in Nagata, um, alongside Kairi and alongside Sari as well. So uh, 2nd of September, if you want to go and check that out. Um, Also, whilst we're talking about stardom wrestlers wrestling in other places, there are two other wrestlers who are wrestling in different promotions. Saida is going to be wrestling in Pro Wrestling Wave. That's going to be taking place on October 1st in Shinjuku Face. And then one that I actually did not see coming in any shape, way, or form. Um, The man behind the Joshi pod um, has created his own wrestling promotion, Pro Wrestling Katani, I believe it's called. Um, And he has announced a whole raft of talent that is coming over, including Kyoko Kimura, who is coming over to do a signing, I believe, Jigusa Nageo, um, as well as, you know, literally many, many others. I know Haruka Umasaki's there. I know Yunagi Sayak is there. But someone I did not see being on that card is Konami 
but uh, Konami was announced um, and the match that she is going to be taking part in is a singles match with Masha Slamovich. So if you are in the uh, West Coast area, I believe it's in LA, it is, um, 607 Southwestern Avenue on the third floor, Los Angeles. Um, if you are in the area, go and check out Pro Wrestling Kitsune, I think it's Kitsune, Kitsani, you'd think I'd have written it down, um, where Konami is going to be taking on Masha Slamovich. Matt, are you excited to see this? Yeah, it seems like a lot of the uh, women's wrestling promotions, especially the Joshi style, is really starting to pop up more, especially more here in the States. Obviously, we had Pro Wrestling Spark a few months ago, um, and that did really, really well and got a really good buzz. And this looks like it's going to be a really stacked card. You know, you have Yunagi, you have Konami. Again, you just mentioned her match with Masha. And there's no way that's not going to be fantastic. Hard-hitting, great submissions, great psychology, really roller coaster of emotions that those two are really fantastic on keeping the fans, you know, involved really good, both of them really good with crowd psychology. So that match is going to be really, really good. Is there a way, is this going to be on like Fight TV or Pay-Per-View or anything like that, Rob? Sorry to put you on the spot, but obviously I'm not flying all the way out to california no disrespect to anybody there just the you know with all these other shows that i'm going to uh, i would be amazed if you fly out and go and see this um i don't know actually um the main event is going to be a three-way with you nagi sayaka tehoma and dark sheik um I'm just having a look to see if there's anything about streaming. I'm sure there will be somewhere where it is streamed. I'm sure you'll be able to see it, even if it's uh, after the fact. We've also got Billy Starks versus Risa Sarah, which is going to be very, very exciting. It's Kitsune, um, by the way. Um, So that is worth checking out, um, obviously, close to the time. I think he says, I think... It's in October, um, October 22nd. There you go, October 22nd, 2023. And uh, we'll see if we can find out whether it is going to be streamed anywhere. I'm sure we'll, more information will uh, will come to light the closer we get to October the 22nd. Um, also... The Dream Tag Festival from Stardom that was announced for the 10th of September where you could vote to put teams together and then vote which teams faced off against each other. The final card has been announced. So here it is as follows. You have got Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima taking on Azumi and Starlight Kid. Julia and Suzu Suzuki taking on Yutami Hayashishta and Micah. And for me, you could stop after those two matches because um, they are two fairly impressive matchups. Um, I'm looking forward to both of those. We've also got Tam Nakano and Mina Shirakawa taking on the, I'm not going to spoil it, uh, Natsupoi and Sayori Anu. Um, we have got Hazuki and Natsukatora taking on Nanei Takahashi and Ruaka. Mirai and Mei Sakurai taking on sisters Hina and Rina. And then we've got double Momo, um, Momo Kogo and Momo Watanabe taking on Hanan and Mariah May. Um, I would ask you, Matt, what matches you're excited for. Um, and I know that you are the negative one 
on this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, any listeners, I'm sure, will agree. Um, but what matches really stand out for you? Because for me, I am really drawn to this Tam and Mina versus Natsupoi and Sioria new match. That is going to be stellar. First of all, how dare you call me negative? How dare you? If anything, I'm double negative, which tells you that double negative is a positive. So how dare you? Say <laughs> um, yeah, the fact that you have a Dream H, you know, teaming up again is going to be very interesting. Obviously, you know, the, the first two matches with uh, Mayu and Saki Kashima, which when you go back into the delves of stardom, um, not only is Saki Kashima a huge thorn in Mayu's side, but they're actually former tag team partners and tag team champions. So, you, you know, that's it's kind of funny to look back on, but them uh, going up against basically the high-speed uh, team of Azumi and Starlight Kid, it's going to be interesting to see those basically rivals teaming up against uh, with one another to uh, to have that match. It's going to be excellent. You know, you're going to see Azumi and Mayu on opposite ends of the corner. We, we don't get to see that as much as you think we should or you like to see. So that's going to be awesome. But if I can only watch, see one match, it would be you, Tommy, and Micah versus Julia and Suzu Suzuki. That match is going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm also looking forward to the little uh, Winotai reunion of Hazuki and Tora as well. That should be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget that it was um, Natsuka Tora who faced Hazuki in her retirement match um, back in 2019. So there is a little bit of history there. You mentioned um, Saki being something of a thorn in the side of Mayu. Obviously, we had that big turn just before the pandemic. But you would be hard-pressed to find anyone on the stardom roster that has not at some point turned on Mayu Iwatani. She is, for all intents and purposes, the stardom sting. Um, just People just turn on Mayu. Wow. It's what happens. <laughs> Um, bless her. She j- it just happens. It happens all the time. Um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit later, about a show that had its main event sort of born from one of these five-star shows. But I want to just delve into these five-star shows. So we're just going to delve straight into them, and we're going to start with night six we're at night six already matt it feels like it's going by in an absolute flash um from the most beautiful venue in wrestling kbs hall from the 8th of august in front of 403 people i'll uh i'll go through all of the results and then we will talk about them as we go so first match saw a six woman tag team match with the god's eye team of amisori marai and saki kashima defeating the team of hanako hina and lady c in 10 minutes and 36 seconds with marai getting the the uh, submission victory should i say over hanako with the scorpion deathlock we then had a three-way tag team match uh, with the Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano and fringe member Yuna Mizumori defeating the Oeditai team of Natsukatora and Rina and the Stars team of Momokogo and Saya Ida uh, with Tam getting the pinfall, not over Saya Ida, oh yes, um, with the Dodon Tam in uh, 7 minutes and 58 seconds. Um, the Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Miyu Amasaki um, defeated the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa and Waka Sukiyama with Azumi getting the pinfall over Waka with the diving double foot stomp in 9 minutes and 24 seconds. We then had a six-woman tag with the team of Megan Bain, 
Maysera and Tekla getting the win over Hannon, Kogama and Hazuki with Megan Bain pinning Hannon after an F5 in nine minutes and three seconds. We then moved on to a series of four five-star matchups. We started with um, Blue Block with Momo Watanabe moving to four points, defeating Micah, who stays on three, with the Peach Sunrise in 10 minutes and two seconds. Um, we then stay in blue block with Julia moving to five points, defeating Mariah May, who stays on two, with the Glorious Buster in 12 minutes and four seconds. Um, we then have back-to-back red block matches, Natsupoi on five, Suri on three, going to a 15-minute time limit draw and then in your main event we had Mayu Iwatani getting her second win of the tournament moving to four points defeating Suzu Suzuki who stays on two with the two-step dragon suplex in 12 minutes and 51 seconds before we get into the five-star matches obviously Matt which are the the main event of these cards um what do we need to talk about from the undercard I just want to say, Rob, you weren't here last week, and I'm glad that you're feeling better. Welcome back, sir. Saida on the two shows I reviewed last week went two for two, and I jokingly said Saida picks up her two first two points of the five star, and then the next show <laughs> it was a one on one match with Hanako, and then the next one was a tag match. And I'm like, Saida moves up to four points. Um, the uh, the just for the sake of time, the job uh, it's stardom. Everything is really good. Uh, the key really the one thing that i'd want to point out on the undercard before we get into the five-star matches like the one thing to look i would watch would be match three with o2 line versus mina and waka um obviously mina's great waka's really good at, at taking a lot of heat and then firing back but and azumi's great but azumi and miyu together it just seems just, they're just getting better they just seem to be getting better now i prefer azumi with either saya or yutami and if saya is back from in obviously going into tag lead the fall i want to see aphrodite but if saya is not back from injury i would love to see a zoomy team with utami but i would not be heartbroken at all if we have a, a nice o2 line run in this year's goddess of stardom uh, tag tour because they were great here in the little and the little bit that they had at the pay-per-view for stardom x stardom and that tag gauntlet the little things that they did there i thought were great and i just think that azumi just does so well in every aspect whether it's a singles match whether we'll talk about some of her fantastic singles matches that she had, uh, you know, here at the five star, but it's a singles match, whether it's a multi-person match, whether she's teaming with again, me, you, even lady C, like she does that double stomp off lady C shoulders. It's just incredible. Azumi's ability very much like not Again, we'll get into that later as well to adapt to any situation and just knock it out of the park. It just goes to show what a great wrestler she is, you know, at such a young age. So if there's anything that you're going to watch, on the undercard again if you have the time watch it all because it's stardom and it's all really good but i would watch uh, the o2 line versus uh, the club venus team of mina versus waka let's move on to this five star group of matches then and i don't think it's hyperbole or exaggeration to say that this was probably the best night of five star action since the opening night and that's not a knock on any of the other nights that for me just shows how good this night was um from momo and micah delivering such a hard hitting aggressive just explosively quick matchup that we saw flashes of queen's quest momo 
tinged with that Oeditai violence. And it's the best Momo. It's so good. Plus, she hits Micah with the baseball bat, and the noise it makes is unbelievable. I know it's a foam bat, but good grief. Um, Julia and Mariah May, oh my God. And this is only my cliff notes. We will go into the match in a little bit more detail. But Mariah May, what an improvement. What an improvement. People who think that she is just, you know, quote, a Barbie wrestler or someone relying on her looks, watch this match. Watch this match. Watch a match with Sayori Anu. Watch a match with Azumi because I'm afraid she is constantly proving you wrong. She went toe-to-toe with Julia and put on an absolutely banging match. Someone, it is worth saying, that thanks to our friend Sky Wrestling, she was interviewed in February and said, my match, my dream match is against Julia. And she knocked it out of the park. So tip of the cap to Mariah May. Natsupoy, oh my God, Natsupoy. Like, I'm going to talk about this match more now because this was my match of the night, match of the run. In fact, I think Natsupoy's gradual climb up the card, getting closer and closer to defeating people like Suri, who she's never beaten in singles action, and then to absorb all of that punishment that Suri gives her. And those kicks, nobody sells Suri's spine kicks like Natsupoy. She just sells them so beautifully. She literally skids across the canvas. It's amazing. But then to be so close to winning on so many occasions, that fairy blink kick out, the fairy magic kick out, and then that last second kick out before the bell rings. Fantastic. You can see that Natsupoy is getting that push, and as I mentioned at the start, she is on the run of her career. Her and Suri have fantastic chemistry, and this, for me, was match of the entire five-star run. I think this was absolutely phenomenal. And how'd you follow that? Well, with Mayu and Suzu Suzuki with Suzu Suzuki absolutely blitzing Mayu, Mayu taking some ridiculously horrible bumps that will do her no good in the long run, but she doesn't seem to care, and she's just able to absorb and absorb and absorb and somehow come away with that victory, that moment where she deadlifts Suzu, who is trying desperately to sort of reverse the pressure of a two-step dragon by rolling underneath Mayu's legs to hold her there, muscle her up into that two-step dragon was a beautiful moment and uh, obviously to get the win but overall Matt I thought this night as I've said before is the best night of in-ring action since the opening night and to give you some of just something to sort of go on not one match of those four was below four stars for me Micah and Momo Watanabe in 10 minutes just excited me for Momo Watanabe more than I have been in weeks, maybe even months. I gave that four stars, though that was great. My only surprise was that Momo beat Micah, because Micah at the moment is languishing near the bottom of the block on three points, but of course there is lots and lots of time to go. She's still got six matches, I think, Micah. Um, Julia and Mariah May, four and a quarter, Thought was absolutely phenomenal. Natsupoi versus Shiori 4.5, one of the matches of the tournament. And Mayu Iwatani versus Suzu Suzuki, another four and a quarter stars. I mean, if you are going to watch any night in its entirety 
from these three shows we're going to be talking about, Night 6, Night 7, and Night 8, this has to be the one you watch in its entirety because the match quality does not dip at all. Credit to all eight women. Yeah, and then uh, as we're recording this, the uh, we're one day removed from the Cork and Hall show, which the obviously it's not up on Stardom World. They'll probably be up either today or tomorrow. But that's getting rave reviews as well. Not only that, from what I understand, it's the largest uh, wrestling attended show in Cork and Hall this year, which is absolutely crazy. So it's like this tournament just keeps building. But you're absolutely right, Rob. I'm kind of just going over my notes. All four of these matches, I gave each and every one of them four and a half stars. And I think I told you, I said, I know you haven't watched the show from the eighth. The undercard is really good, but those four matches, everything was over four stars for me. But yeah, I had every one at four and a half stars. And I'm kind of just going to go over my notes here, starting with obviously Momo and Micah. But yeah, you're absolutely right, Rob. We have have a lot of the Queen's Quest Momo sprinkled in to the heel side of Micah. And I really liked how the match starts with like Momo jumping uh, Micah from the beginning. That's the Oedotai thing going to do. To quote you, Rob Goodwin, a wedo tie is going to wedo tie. So if you're in that group, whether it's one day or you're there six years, you're going to jump your opponent and have a brawl on the outside. But I like how they get to the brawl. So Micah hits the, our Momo hits a dropkick on Micah and she tries to start building the heat. And Micah just grabs Momo and just dumps her over the top rope, like almost onto her head onto the apron. I'm like, boy, we're not wasting any time here at all. And then they take out about 80 chairs in KBS <laughs> Hall. And then it just keeps building from there. Yeah, you talk about like the certain bat shots and whatnot. And there was a really cool spot. Again, if you've seen Momo Watanabe matches, whether it's Queen's Quest or Oedo Tai, the way she builds up to those, those are the Samatos, also known as the Meteor, she'll hit like one from the front, one from the back, and then go to the top rope. Well, she went to go do that, and then Micah cuts her off, and it's that beautiful, perfect uh, uh, superplex that she does. I don't know if there's anybody in wrestling that does a better stalling superplex than Micah. Really, really uh, good way to get into it and transition to it and basically cut Momo Watanabe's, uh her momentum off. And then we see Rena get in there. She distracts the ref again. I'm not opposed to cheating in wrestling. Just don't do it in front of the referee. Oedotai does a very good job of distracting the referee. She goes to use the bat shot, which we've seen quite a bit, but it gets reversed. And then Micah absolutely drills Momo with the bat shot, like giving her a taste of her own medicine. So like if anybody cheated in this match, it was Micah, but yet she still eats the L, which I thought was, you know, something interesting, something really well. Uh, but then Momo's in trouble. Uh, Micah goes to finish her off with the Mijinoku driver. Momo gets out and hits an absolute brutal head kick. Dare I say the head kick might have been stiffer than the baseball butt shot. You know what I mean? That just goes to show like how well Momo works and hits those head kicks. And of course, Micah has the perfect feed. Eventually, uh, it's basically they go back and forth and just eventually just really spells the beginning of the end of the doom for Micah in this one with Momo hitting the tequila sunrise for two. Uh, but then when Micah kicks out, uh, Momo is able to hang on very much like we've seen her do quite a bit back in 2018 with that wonder of stardom championship run run excuse me hangs on to the tequila sunrise and hits the peach sunrise um four three absolutely incredible and the crowd was super hot for all four of these matches you know we mentioned uh on the show two weeks ago how it was great as like Mina versus Mirai was the crowd just wasn't into anything the crowd was into all this every match especially these five-star matches for all these shows this was a really good way to kick off this part of the five star. Again, uh, four and a half stars for this. And then we go to Julia versus Mariah May. I mean, this has got to be Mariah May's best outing yet, whether it's tag, six person, or singles. I mean, in my opinion, I think this is her best match. And she's always been improving. You know, she's had a great run with Mina with the uh, Goddess of Stardom uh, uh, tag champs, or uh, even building up towards that, towards them getting the victory. But this is a really good match. And these two. Uh, 
Julia does what Julia does best. She hits hard, but she also receives it. You know, she doesn't mind. You're going to, you're in the match with Julia. We've seen a bunch with Tam and a bunch with uh, Sherry. Like there's going to be some hard hitting stuff. Like she's going to hit you hard, but she's going to expect you to hit her hard twice as back. We saw more vicious and violent side of Mariah May. And she's been slowly building that. Like we saw it with Soria New, where she just like dropped her right on her head, right from the get go with a German soup uh, with a backdrop driver. But Mariah May, like her core strength suplexes, the backdrop suplex, the backdrop driver, the German suplex, they're getting better with each outing. And Julia is such the perfect opponent uh, for that. And I think I say it on this podcast every week, and I'm going to continue to say it. Julia is very good at a lot of things. And one thing she's excellent at is taking somebody. Julia's a main eventer. There's nobody that's going to, I think, disagree with me. Julia is a solid main eventer in stardom. She's very good at taking somebody at the bottom of the card or the middle of the card and pulling them up and making it look like they belong in the constant main event spot. And that's exactly what she did with Mariah May here. She spent a good portion of this match building her up. And to Mariah May's credit, building herself up in this match for then Julia to beat her. Again, if you just squash somebody and then beat them, Who'd you beat? You didn't beat anybody, but Julia does maybe better than anybody on the stardom roster or in wrestling in general, where they will take somebody again, somebody at the lower end of the card or the middle of the card, and will give them a good portion of the match to build them up for Julia to make her big comeback with the G trigger glorious driver or Northern lights bomb or whatever. But uh, again, excellent match. In my opinion, Mariah May's best outing. Rob Goodwin. So many people have absolutely loved this not support versus Sherry match. I loved it as well. But I will say this, everybody that's ranting and raving about this match, this wasn't even Not Boy's best match uh, that we're going to talk about this weekend. And I te- and I think you know what I'm going to talk about because I text you as soon as the match happened. Again, we'll talk about it later. Was this match great? Yes. One of the things that I enjoyed when I watched this match, when I watched this match, my wife came and sat down with me at the end of the Julia Mariah May match. And she even said, do these, do these two hate each other or something? Is there like an underlying story because they're beating the crap out of each other? She watched this whole entire Sherry versus Not Boy match. And I'm writing down my notes, and she goes, you're going to write four and three-fourth stars, are you? And I said, no, it's four and a half. She goes, I had it at four and three-fourth stars. So my wife is now <laughs> rating some of the matches. So the fact that she – now, she, you have to keep in mind, for our listeners who have been listening to us for a long time, Natsupoy was my wife's favorite stardom wrestler until, Rob, she committed the ultimate sin and joined her, her eternal foe, Tam Nakano. So now she does not like Natsupoy at all. She went from her favorite wrestler to somebody she dislikes because she joined Tam. Unfortunately, my wife, yes, she does not walk the Tam road with the rest of us. So, uh, But to anywho, the fact that she absolutely loved this Natsupoy match and rated it higher than me was uh, was something spectacular. It's something I kind of giggled at, but uh, there's really not more, not more, nothing much more I can say than you already added. But uh, yeah, this was absolutely fantastic. And Natsupoy's ability to take a beating, or even saying this for the better part of a year, take a beating, but then give the beating back, especially these last few months, the way she's able to throw that spin kick. And now she's using that spin kick to basically cut people off like a little bit faster. Again, we'll talk about in the Mayu match, but even the Sherry match, Sherry goes to throw that buzzsaw kick because Natsupoy is able to get the that spin kick around so fast, she beats them to the punch or the kick. See what I did there? Love At it. that point, you know, she you know she did it with Mayu. She did it in the uh, the tag match from Stardom X Stardom uh, that we'll talk about. Like, she's able to, like, read that and almost intercept the big strike and hit her big strike. That basement drop kick that she does where the, the, the wrestler is – basically lying on and Mayu does it as well that running basement sliding drop kick but um when the rest was kind of just sitting sitting down on the bottom rope 
and she does the drop kick, but she does it with such force that she goes almost through her opponent and then she lands on the apron. And then Natsupoy being as smart as she is, you're on the apron, your face is towards the crowd, you get your pop there. So she knows it was a big move, it was a cool move. I'm already here, and maybe it's by design. I may as well get my pop in for the crowd, is able to take that few seconds and then build the crowd back up for the next spot. She's absolutely genius with that. And this was just very, you know, you had styles make matches, and obviously these two have different styles. Obviously, not point is the speed, the high flying, and again, the striking as well. Where Sherry is, I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to break you down. I'm going to beat you down with submissions. I'm going to beat you down with my strikes. And these two just work so well together. They're very yin and yang, but they make all their matches work well, whether it's tag or singles. They never have a bad match. And I think I don't think anybody's going to disagree with me. This was the best outing the two of them had. And then you go on to the main event. Again, Suzu and Mayu, they had a really good match last year. I think it, uh, at the five, so I think it was the main event of one of the uh, Cork and Hall shows. My only kind of uh, grief with it was like, I think it went like a little over nine minutes. I was like, for a main event of Cork and Hall, it was really good. But if I gave an extra minute or two, I think it would have been, would have been better. And this one gets almost 13 minutes, and it was. It was hard hitting. You didn't know which way it was going to go. Kind of going back and forth. You're wondering what was Suzu's been eating a couple losses. Maybe they would get Suzu a big win here, kind of avenge her loss versus Mayu, and maybe build her up a little bit in this Red Stars block. But uh, I really like how Suzu is using like this neck crank submission. And then slowly, while you're in the neck crank submission, grabbing the opponent's arm and then working it into a double wrist lock. I really like that, how she's adding that in to her already fantastic arsenal of the of the kicks, of the tequila roll, the tequila shot, and the locomotion German suplex. Also, I've noticed, too, really since maybe about a month or so ago, she does this kick combination, Rob, where she'll hit a left kick, a right kick, and then like a super kick to the grounded opponent. And it's like sherry momo level of like very very violent because that's what we need in stardom right we need our wrestlers to be more violent because we don't have that enough and suzu just ooze that violence and that charisma and that big star or somebody that's only in her young 20s it's absolutely amazing and and uh i think i speak for all of us stardom fans that we're glad that suzu is here full time because there's so much that you can do with her and you have so much time to do it again because she's in her young 20s you don't have to rush anything but at the same time if she won the white belt at the end of the year i don't think anybody would be you know would be heartbroken because uh, she's just so good but i again i text you as soon as the finish was over i said this is one of the most creative finishes i've ever seen and and Suzu's a very creative wrestler. And Mayu, who's been obviously at this game a lot longer than Suzu, is very creative. And the way she builds to her finishes and the way her finishes get, uh, you know, they build, they get in and out of. And the fact that she was going for the dragon suplex and then uh, Suzu tried to do a roll through to maybe go for the German suplex. And then they just waited. They waited to get the pop. They didn't speed. They waited because it looked like they were doing strategy. Who was going to go where? They waited to get the crowd where they needed to needed to get there and then Mayu just basically deadlifts Suzu up and then puts Suzu on her legs and she's like oh my god oh my god oh my god she's in the perfect spot for the two-stage dragon suplex just when we think we've seen it all from Mayu she pulls out again an incredible match which we knew it was going to be in her and Suzu but she pulls out a really creative finish I thought that was genius again all four of these matches are absolute must-see and I had all four of them at four and a half stars, but if I had to pick a match out of the four that I liked the best, I would probably say Sherry versus Natsupoy again, even though they're all four and a half stars. But uh, I think I would go with that one just by a hair. But again, they're all fantastic in their own way. Couldn't agree more, brother. 
couldn't agree more. Definitely go out of your way and check out all four of those matches. We move on, however, to night seven of the five-star Grand Prix from the 10th of August, and this is in Okayama, the Okayama Convention Center, to be precise, in front of 410 people. Um, on the undercard, we had the team of Megan Bain and Mace Era, possibly one of the low-key best tag teams in stardom at the moment, <laughs> uh, defeating Hanako and Hina and Oeda ties Momo Watanabe and Rina in eight minutes and three seconds with Megan Bain hitting Hanako with the F5 in eight minutes and three seconds. Six-woman tag action then, Club Venus, Mariah May, Mina Shirakawa and Waka Sukiyama defeating the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Miyu Amasaki and Yutami Hayashishita in 9 minutes and 13 seconds. Mariah May pinning Miyu Amasaki with the happily ever after Tombstone Piledriver. We then had a six-woman tag match, again with the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakana, Siori Anu, and Yuna Mizumori, defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Tekla, Micah, and Julia, with Tam submitting Ju uh, Tekla sorry, with her criminally underused Northern Cross finish. Um, really, really cool. She needs to use it more often and needs to use it as a finish more often. Uh, we then had a 10-woman tag team match with the stars team of Hanan, Hazuki, Kagama, Momo, Kogo, and Saya defeating the God's Eye team of Konami, Amisori, Marai, Saki Kashima, and Suri in 11 minutes and 59 seconds with Kogama getting the pinfall over Saki with the diving body press. We then move into our two matches from the five-star that rounds out this night, both from Red Stars. Suzu Suzuki moving to four points by defeating Natsukatora, who remains on six, with a German suplex holding eight minutes and 11 seconds. And then in our main event, Natsupoi moves to seven points, defeating Mayu Iwatani, who remains on four, in 11 minutes and eight seconds with the Fairy magic now matt obviously a huge thing to come out of this undercard is the dissension in the ranks of god's eye now konami um who sort of parachutes in every now and then and is a satellite member of god's eye um she is rejoined uh for this match and wasn't altogether happy with the cowardice shall we say, the unbridled cowardice of Saki Kashima. And uh, basically, when Saki took the pin and when Stars took the victory, Sayurida took the victory, can we just say? She might not got the pin for, but she got a win. She got a win. Damn, damn right. <laughs> um, Konami took issue with Saki, and Mirai, to her credit, stood up for Saki. This turned into a challenge with Konami laying down the challenge for Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Now that is going to be at the five-star special on the 3rd of September. And the card for that is basically a mini pay-per-view. And I do wonder if it's going to be on pay-per-view um, because they'll have gone a whole... Poof, Almost 10 days without a pay-per-view by that point. Uh, 
Um, we have also got on that card, obviously, Mariah and Konami for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. That's probably going to be your main event. Um, we've also got five-star matches, Yutami Hayashishita versus Momo Watanabe, Tam Nakano versus Starlight Kid, and Mayu Iwatani versus Suri. There are also tag matches. If you haven't seen the show, Stardom X Stardom yet, fast forward 15, 20 seconds because this contains spoilers. Okay, that's given them enough time. Um, in the Goddess of Stardom Tag Team Championships, we've got Siori Anu and Natsupoi making their first defense against Suzu, Suzuki, and Meisera. And then in the High Speed Championship Division, Saki Kashima makes her second defense against Momo Kogo. So, Matt, a couple of things. One, what else should we be checking out on this undercard before we go into the five-star matches? And secondly, what do you think of this dissension in the ranks of God's Eye. I would definitely, again, if you have time, watch matches two and three. You have Utami, Azumi, and Miyu. Uh, again, I'm huge. Just, I'm the biggest fan of Queen's Quest. And uh, Mina Waka and Mariah May are obviously a great pairing. That was a really, really good match. And uh, match number three as well with Julia, Mike, and Tekla versus Tam, Yun, and Soria Nu. I made mention just a few minutes ago how Julia is able to take somebody in the middle of the card and make them look so, so good. And they should be in main eventer. And Julia absolutely does that with Yuna Mizumori in this match. Yuna basically just beats the crap out of Julia for a good portion of the match. So, uh, yeah, those were, again, if you have the time, and both matches are a little bit over nine minutes, I know there's a lot of wrestling, uh, you know, and just in Stardom alone that's been, that has dropped on Stardom World. And kudos to uh, the fine folks over at Stardom World literally getting up these five-star shows up in about 24 hours. Absolutely love it. So if you have the time, definitely watch matches two and three. But you're, you know, we're talking about the match now. Obviously, the main thing coming out of it is, uh, you know, Mirai uh, standing up for Saki Kashima. And uh, basically, because of what Konami said, bitch, she was a coward. But I just want to talk about the match just real quick. Um, we starts off with Shuri. Well, when it gets the match gets hot, it starts off with Shuri versus Suzuki. And hell yeah, my friend. Hell yeah. They basically give us a mini preview of the match that happened uh, earlier this week in Cork and with Shuri versus Suzuki. And I cannot wait for that to drop on Stardom World because that's one that I definitely, when they announced the blocks for the five star, I'm like, yeah, I have a feeling I'm really going to enjoy that. But they basically give us again a little preview of it. And I'm like, if this is anywhere as what we're going to get in Cork and Hall, there's no way this isn't going to break four stars for me. So, um, yeah, I, I, if you look at everybody in God's eye, you have Konami. Right, killer, Mirai, killer, Shuri, the killer of killers, Amisori, killer. And even when uh, Tomoko Inabata comes in, obviously she, just 20, 21 years old, is an absolute killer as well. And I, I made mention on the uh, Patreon episode when uh, Karate Brave against Utami and Saya, the tor- towards the end of the match, literally how they took Utami out, it is uh, Tomoko Inabata hits one of the stiffest head kicks I've ever seen. Literally to the point where I think even Sherry is just like, hey, kid, relax. It's, it's a work. I mean, just absolutely KOs. Uh, uh, Utami, but uh, yeah, I mean, so when when uh, Tomoko Inaba comes in, she's obviously a part of God's Eye, she's a killer as well. And then we have Saki Cash, and was based on the comic relief, you know, of this team. And I think they even made mention in the promo afterwards, Konami was obviously hot that one that Saki lost the fall, and two that she's part of God's Eye. And I think it might have been Sherry, it was like, 
Well, when she wants to, she trains hard. And I was like, what the hell does that even mean when she wants to? I train hard all, you know, she's like, like, I train hard all the time, even though I'm not here. And if you follow Konami on Instagram or Twitter, she's always in like kickboxing gyms or pro wrestling gyms or uh, uh, jujitsu gyms, you know, working on obviously, you know, the stuff that she brings to the pro wrestling ring. You know, she does bring that shoot style in. I mean, she is the submission uh, uh, sniper. And again, Konami is one of my favorite wrestlers when she, as you uh, very well put, my friend, parachutes in. So it was kind of like, you know, you can tell that she was, you know, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things doesn't belong. But I think it's kind of like Ami and Mariah were like, well, it's Sherry's blessing. Sherry's the leader of this group. And she's former, you know, she won this she won this big tournament two years ago. And she had this fantastic reign with her red belt. So whatever Sherry says goes where Konami's like, yeah, I get that. I respect that. But like, she shouldn't belong here. And I think I think that was really cool for Mariah as the only champ as uh, well, I wouldn't say the only champion in the group. The Saki's a champion as well. But basically the biggest champion in the group as the Wonder of Stardom champion basically stepping up like no 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 she belongs here she 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 belongs here she's gonna do just fine and then she said well basically if you have a problem with it then challenge me for the wonder of stardom championship and it's kind of like kind of an odd way to get there since kunami who hasn't had a singles match in a long time and but all of a sudden she's challenging for the second biggest prize for the uh, in stardom but at the same time i don't care how they got there we're getting kunami versus mirai for the wonder of stardom championship and which is more than likely going to be Mariah's first defense for the title. So you pretty much know the result, but I, what's it going to be? But I don't care. I'm excited for the journey to watch Konami and Mariah just basically trade kicks, forearms, and you know there's going to be about four or five brutal lariats in this match, Robin. And one thing that I know you're super excited about is that you're a fan of limb work, and you know there's going to be a lot of arm work with Konami working the arm and kicking away at the arm to set up for the triangle answer and a lot of arm work with Mirai setting up for the, uh, the mirror Mirai, the double wrist lock. So this match is going to have all sorts of up and down psychology. And I know and by, by that, I mean like the roller coaster psychology that you're going to want to put the fans on and a lot of hard hitting action. So again, kind of an odd way to get there, but at the same time, I don't care. We're getting Konami versus Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Just tell me where and when to be, and then if I have to pay for it or not. <laughs> I mean, regardless, I'm going to have to pay for it on Stardom World, but if it's going to be another pay-per-view, which it, if it's not, like you said, that'll be over 10 days that Stardom has gone without a pay-per-view. What are we ever going to do, Rob? I know. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they're holding off that long, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, but that is certainly one to look forward to, obviously, coming up. Worth the money, though. Worth oh, the money. God, yeah. I mean, the card itself is uh, its a tasty card, even without that Mariah and Konami match, but that really does top it off. Um, Suzu Suzuki versus Tora, then. Um uh, I mean, obviously, we were never going to get between these two a crafted, limb, nuanced match. Instead, we had Suzu dragging Natsukatora out through the ropes and tossing into chairs. What I did love about this match, and I mentioned it with the Momo and uh, Micah match, was just the explosive brutality that both these women brought. And... I'm going to wax lyrical about Natsupoi and the fact that she is the MVP of this tournament so far, and I don't think many people will disagree, but Tora is having a really good tournament as well, like we thought she might do. Um, She's had a really good match here. She had a fantastic match against Suri. That match with Suri was really, really good, and then she has a good match with Starlight Kid as well at Stardom X Stardom. So even in losing here, she's starting to recapture that 
imperiousness that she started to have before she went off with that horrible injury. So that's really good to see. Suzu Suzuki needed the victory because for me, she has to be there or thereabouts at the end of this block phase of the tournament. Is it a five-star classic? No. Um, I gave it three and a half. It's still a good match. It's only eight minutes. Um, There's loads and loads of cheeky brutality, which is great. Um, If you like sort of that brawling style match without a whole host of cheating, um, then this match might be for you. Matt, what did you think? And what have you thought of Tora's tournament so far? Or the tournament? Huh? <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Goodman, the author of the book "Living the Dream," Stardom 10th Anniversary. There you review. go. He, he, watch out when when you're watching out for the left. He gives you the right, folks. Um, <laughs> I thought this was great because it showed like Suzu. She's eating these L's, and uh, if you remember last year, all if she would have beaten Julia, she would have made it to the finals. And she was literally a tenth of a second. She hit the tequila shot into the uh, locomotion German suplexes. And Julia was the only one that whole tournament to kick out. So it's like you have Suzu, who's kind of on a little bit of a bumpy uh, start to this tournament. So she's kind of desperate. Tor gets the win over Ami Sori. Obviously, she has the two points because of Sayakamitani's injury. And then she beats Sherry again in a fantastic match. So Tor is on a roll here. So what does this Suzu Suzuki do? I'm going to jump tour before she even makes her way out of the entrance. And for somebody, again, who grew up outside of the Philadelphia area, a big fan of the ECW style, um, and I don't like – I'd rather, you know, a catch-as-catch-can technical, uh, really good up-and-down match. Again, like a Mayu versus an Io, uh, Mayu versus Utami, which we'll get into a moment in a minute. But you know you weren't going to get that with these two. Kind of stick to their strengths, what they do in their styles. And, yeah, this one right from the block is brawl all over the building. It's hard-hitting. Again, only goes eight minutes, but when you have these two just throwing bombs at each other, wouldn't make sense if it went like 13, 14, 15 minutes. It's like, what else do you need to do? Throw a building on them? But it's very much, very much like in Stan Hansen versus Vader when they had that match in WCW where it goes like seven minutes. Like, of course it does. They're trying to kill each other before the bell rings. And that's what happens here. And uh, yeah, you talked about the cheating. Again, I do not like cheating as long as not, or I don't mind cheating as long as not in front of the referee when Torque tries to come in for a pipe. The ref gets pulled. No problem. The ref didn't see it. Heats that on the ref. Heats on Tora. But eventually Tora winds up getting her uh, her, her just due or her upcomings as um, Suzu Suzuki is able to uh, intercept the pipe, is able to use the pipe herself. Again, if you follow Suzu Suzuki's career, she, you know that she has no problem using any sort of weapons, including a pipe. A pipe shot leads to the locomotion German suplexes for the three count for Suzu to get the win uh, in this co-main event match. I thought it was really, really good. Again, I enjoy the brawling style as long as it makes sense and it works and it's not uh, works and it's not overdone. Again, eight minutes of this style was absolutely perfect. I enjoyed this match a little bit more than you, my friend. I actually gave it the clean four stars. We move on to Natsupoi versus Mai Wibutani. Now, I'm not going to speak a lot during this because Matt sent me a text um, and. The text said, in no uncertain terms, that this was the best Natsupoi singles match she's had in stardom. Now, those are very big words, Matt Turner. I'd like you on the podcast right here, right now, to back those words up. I said at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about Sayakamatani's Wonder Stardom Championship run and all these wrestlers that have had the best singles matches in their career. 
based off that run. And I would have had Natsupoi in there until I've seen, I did have Natsupoi in there in my mind until I've seen this match. Uh, Natsupoi has had some fantastic singles matches, but I think this one was her best. Um, just really, you have the fast paced action to start. Obviously, Mayu's no stranger to the high speed division. Uh, both wrestlers, former high speed champions. So you have that to kind of start. Mayu is, you know, being the veteran is able to slow Natsupoi down using camel clutch. I really like that. Um, Mayu winds up, uh, the two of them wind up exchanging really good kicks. Mayu hits the basement drop kick that sends Natsupoi to the floor. Natsupoi is able to really come back in the ring with her version of the flipping neckbreaker that stops uh, Mayu's momentum. Um, then, of course, we get the apron German suplex spot because why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we with a, a match that's got Natsupoi and Mayu? You know, somebody's getting suplexed and somebody's getting suplexed onto the floor. Um, and then uh, or onto the apron, which sends Mayu to the floor. Natsupoi follows up that crazy spot with a picture-perfect high cross body to the floor. Um, Natsupoi does a really great job staying on Mayu, but all Mayu needs is just that one little, little uh, glimpse of hope at which she gets when Natsupoi misses the failed gift from the top rope. And then uh, really Mayu really lays on the strikes on the Natsupoi because, again, that's what, that's what we do to poor Natsupoi. They just beat the crap out of her. But, again, there's that one spot where Mayu is trying to pull the trigger to set really kind of to set up Natsupoi for one of the big moves, either the German suplex or the two-step dragon. And her go-to to set that up, Rob, as you know, being the biggest Mayu fan in the world, is that super kick. But when she throws it, Natsupoi throws that spin kick just a little bit faster and catches Mayu right in the back of the neck. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Um, she hits then a low spin kick, the German suplex for two. Natsupoi goes for the ferry train, but instead she gets rolled up. They go back and forth. After we've had all these crazy bumps, all this great psychology, the crazy strikes, then they kind of go back to the high-speed uh, style with the high-speed trading of near falls, which that poor referee had to be blown up, literally to the point where I had to pause my feet on starter mode because my hand was cramping because I couldn't write fast enough. Mm. That's how back and forth it was. And I was biting on each and every one. Um, I thought that was really great. Uh, Mayu hits the second rope moonsault. Um, then she counter, she comes back with that with a frog slash. Mayu locks in the uh, dragon uh, sleeper, the, the, the squatted one. But then uh, Natsupoi gets out of it by biting Mayu's hand. I thought that was genius. Um, they trade crazy whip-style German suplexes. Natsupoi hits the ferial ring for two. Uh, Mayu fires back with the tombstone. And then she goes for the two-stage dragon suplex. And then uh, Natsupoi is able to get out of the two-stage dragon suplex and is able to do basically basically the uh, Lamai straw roll for the one, two, three. What does she call that? The ferial? What was that, Rob? The fairy magic. Fairy magic. Yeah, she beat that. She used that uh, I, a handful of times. She actually beat... Um, Starlight Kid with it on night one, but I didn't know she called it the fairy. I should have known. It's always fairy something, but I like how she does it. She'll do the she'll do the Lamai straw, and then she'll roll the opponent up a few more times to basically dizzy the opponent. That's the psychology of the move to get the three count. Uh, I thought everything about this match was absolutely fantastic. Again, as much as everybody loved Natsupoi versus Shuri, as well as I did, I think not only was this the best match of Natsupoi's phenomenal run that she's on this five star, I thought this was the, in my opinion, was the best Natsupoi match I've ever seen. Singles. There might have been, I think, maybe Mel Tier versus FWC, I think, from Stardom X Stardom last year. I think I might have, that might be my favorite Natsupoi match. Um, and maybe one of the My Himmy matches, which just goes to show you how good Natsupoi is. 
six person tag, tag with Tam, tag with Sori New, tag with Yuna. Um, and then what she's doing here, singles, not only in the five star round, but even leading up to it again with Mina, that fantastic match she had uh, for Mina's V1 of the Wonder of Stardom Championship. I mean, not supported on the absolute run of her life. And again, she's another wrestler that they can peg putting the Wonder of Stardom Championship on at the end of the year, beginning of next year, and no one would bat an eye. In fact, I think a lot of people would applaud it. But uh, I think um, at this, we're almost about halfway through this five-star. I think I pegged Natsupoi. There's a lot of people that are close. You know, Mike is up there uh, as the MVP, Soria New, Suzu Suzuki. But I think I have Natsupoi pegged as my MVP. Again, in my opinion, this was the best Natsupoi match I've ever seen. And again, I literally, as soon as the match stopped, I waited to get blood black back into my hand because of all the fast notes I had to write. And for somebody who likes Mayu more than me, and it's, there's not many people, I think it's you and Scotty wrestling because I love Mayu. I text you and I said, this is the best not-to-point match I've ever had. I've ever seen her have. And she had it against, against Mayu. So again, not only is not-to-point great, but obviously Mayu's great as well. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to argue there, but again, I said this 10 times and I said 11th, this was the best singles not-to-point match I've ever seen. Four and three-fourth stars, good sir. I was a big fan of this match, without a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, you've got two of the best in ring um, in stardom together. You've got two people who are phenomenal sellers. You've got two people who have a ferocious pace that they are able to wrestle at, but they're able to tell really good stories as well. And that's possibly why I prefer the Suri match just um, but this is still a fantastic match. Some of the counters and the way that these two women hit each other, the selling of both women just the dead selling of both of them, the way they sell suplexes as well and I'll never ever not be impressed by the strength like the unassuming strength of Natsupoi. And I know Mayu probably can't weigh much, but even so, the fact that Natsupoi is so small in stature and she is able to hoist people over her head into these ridiculous released German suplexes is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I completely agree with you. I think she is the tournament MVP so far. I don't think she had a bad match. She had a really good match on the opening now with Starlight Kid. She had a great match with um, Suri and now a great match with Mayu. Um, overall, I gave it four and a quarter. I thought it was a fantastic match, but I did just prefer that Suri one. Just. But we're talking we're talking a hair's breadth, if you will. And the hot crowd, Let's- too. I always will get bonus points for the hot crowd. That crowd was hot for the whole match. When they built towards the finish, they were nuclear. That's exactly what they want. Sorry, buddy. No, absolutely. (laughs) And uh, to be fair, to be fair, the KBS crowd as well were really, really into... They weren't allowed for the entire show, but very, very much into Mayu and Suzu Suzuki. Really, really into that match. And they got really into the Julia and Mariah May show um, match as well. I mean, it's so nice to have cheering crowds back. It really, really is. Um, Let's move on then to the final five-star show that we're going to be talking about today. And this is night eight from the 12th of August in Hyogo, Himeji Hyogo, um, at the Arkria Himeji, apparently, um, in front of 507 people. The results 
are as follows. Um, Rina defeated Hina and Miyu Amasaki with the jackknife in 5 minutes and 17 seconds. Um, in singles action, Tekla defeated Sayurida. Boo! With a diving body press in 6 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, Momo Watanabe, Starlight, and Natsukatora, the Ueditai team, defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Yuna Mizumori in 10 minutes and 55 seconds, with Momo Watanabe getting the pin over Yuna Mizumori with the hidden Atoshi driver. We then had... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Another six-woman tag with the stars team of Hazuki Kagame and Mayu Iwatani. Again, the pinfall win over Mariah May, Wakasukiyama, and Hanako with Kagame pinning Hanako after 11 minutes and 42 seconds with the diving body press. More dominance from Megan Bain next in an eight-woman tag. Her, Meisera, Suzu, Suzuki, and Micah defeated the God's Eye team of Saki, Kashima, Amisori, Mirai, and Suri with Megan Bain getting the pinfall over Saki with the F5 in nine minutes and 22 seconds. We've then got three five-star matches to talk about with uh, Blue Stars action. Hannon getting her first win of the tournament. We wondered where it was going to come from with a backdrop hold over Azumi, who stays on two points um, in 11 minutes and two seconds. In perhaps the biggest shock of the tournament so far, uh, Mina Shirakawa moving to six points defeats Julia who stays on five with the figure four driver Mina in 12 minutes and 33 seconds. And then finally, in our main event, Utami Hayashishita moves to four points and keeps up a 100% record with the German suplex hold over Siori Onu, who finally has a match that doesn't go to a time limit draw, who stays on four points um, in 13 minutes and six seconds. Now, I must confess, I have not seen this show yet. I simply have not had time, as you have probably guessed from the fact that we've got these three shows and the pay-per-view to talk about. So, Matt, I would like you to give us your cliff notes to this show. First of all, from what I understand, you just talked about Sori Nu not going to a time limit draw. She wanted, the match was going to go to a time limit draw, but she just laid down for Sherry to, for Utami to pin her. Cause she's like, you know what? I'm sick of these time limit draws. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, as far as the under, we talked about the KBS hall show, how they had, it was a really good undercard. And then they had those four really fantastic matches. This was the same thing, but instead of four, there was three really, really good matches. And just to the shock of no one, but still blowing my mind how fantastic this tournament is. It just, there's a little part of me, Rob, in my heart. You know how much I love Sai Kamatani and a Queen's Quest fan I am. How much better? Like, this tournament's amazing. How much better would it be if we had Saya? Uh, anywho, um, the, uh, as far as the undercard goes, uh, Tam, Poi, and Yuna versus Momo, Toro, and Starlight Kid. That would be the match to see from the undercard uh match number four was good with mayu hazuki and koguma versus waka mariah may and hanako um however rob you need to see this finish i actually text you what the <laughs> i text you that uh 
might be the end of the career for Waka. And I know you didn't see the match, and it's not a huge spoiler. <laughs> and I can't, I can't not talk about this to our fantastic listeners of the Stardom Cast without talking about it. So I'll tell you what the finish is. So Hazuki and now Kogama and Waka are legal. So you know that's going to be the finish because you know how these, if you watch the majority of these Stardom matches, like me and you have over the past several years, that when they do these multi-person matches, when they're building towards the finish, nobody really tags out. They just do saves and double teams and triple teams. So poor Waka takes a super kick, pump kick combination from Mayu and Hazuki. Hazuki doing the pump kick, Mayu doing the super kick. That sends Waka to the turnbuckle. As she gets up, you see the Stars team. You know what they're loading up for. Oh, no. Poor Waka. And, and now, Rob, I'm going to... I have not seen the Chelsea green one in a little over a year. When you get a chance to see this in fantastic listeners of the Stardom cast, if you've seen the Freedom Rocket launcher to Chelsea Green, you need to let me know which one's more brutal. Because, Rob, this one, if everybody, if, if I had 30 people said, no, Matt, the uh, the one to walk is worse than Chelsea Green, I would agree with you. Again, I haven't seen in over a year, but this one was bad i mean they launch mayu super fast and she hits waka right in the mouth to the point kagama hits the splash off the top rope and it didn't matter kagama could have lit herself on fire and jumped on waka and it wouldn't have mattered because i think waka was poor out to the point where i thought when like when waka was getting up and was yelling at kagama afterwards like we're like you know trying to get her heat back i looked like her face was either swollen or busted open i only saw it just for a second because i had my head turned because i think one of my cats i think my crazy cat was trying to rip the TV off the wall or whatever. But anywho, yeah, uh, again, the match was good. Don't get me wrong. When you get a chance, again, the match is only a little over minutes. When you get a chance, buddy, you have to at least watch that finish. And you have to let me know which rocket launcher is worse. The three of them to Chelsea Green or this star one to poor Waka. I don't know what it is. Like, poor Waka. Like, it used to be not support that got the beatings. But now it's just like they said, you know, Waka, you're going to pin the Nai Takahashi in a match that has Kyrie. You're going to get your first win. We're going to give you a couple wins in the Cinderella tournament, but then we're just going to beat the dog out of you. Boy, are they ever. Like, poor Waka. It's beating the crap out of her. But um, again, brother, uh, these five-star matches, I just mentioned it with Natsupoi, Natsupoi's best singles match. This was easily easily Hana's best singles match he's ever had and it's not like she's had bad ones she had a phenomenal run in last year's uh, tournament she had a fantastic run with the future of stardom championship but again it's a zoomy she's fantastic her and Hana they get time here they go a little bit over 11 minutes you figure with the high speed style and then they, they can catch each other in quick pins it would probably go eight nine minutes the fact that they gave us 11 minutes really flushed out the story and one thing we've seen, uh, we don't talk enough about Azumi, what she's great at is these strikes. And boy, she throws these kicks, Rob, at Hana. And Hana just feeds and takes them. And it's just the selling and the back and forth. And you don't know which way it's going to go. Because then Hana's eating all these strikes. And of course, Azumi's got to do 94 double foot stomps from 19 different variations. And they never get old because how she builds them and the way she gets in them and gets out of them. Just absolutely genius. But like Hana on her firing up, and then throwing the judo throws. And now she does like the uh, Scott Hall razor her own like fall away slam. But she launches her opponent like three fourths away across from the ring. And I'm like, okay, absolutely. You know, that's that's that works so well for her because she's using her opponent's momentum on her comeback against them very much like she does with the judo throw. And then they're going back and forth with these near falls that you figured, okay, they're both really good at flash finishes. Somebody's going to catch somebody. And that's going to be the finish. But then it's not. Hanan gets a clean win with the uh, uh, back-to-back 
backdrop driver is easy for me to say. Pinning Azumi, in my opinion, the greatest high-speed champion of all time, clean in the middle of the ring. Again, I, I know how, how pressed for time you are. Make sure you watch all three of these five-star matches and definitely watch the uh, the ending of Waka as well. Uh, I had this at five and a half. Oh, yeah, five and a half. Four and a half stars. Absolutely must see. Again, I know you're a huge fan of Hanan. Who is it? And Azumi as well. Uh, terrific match. Uh, then we go to match num- uh, number seven, which is number two on the uh, of, of for this five star Mina and Julia. I, I was actually the only one that actually picked Mina to win this match, buddy. How about that? There you go. And we'll go into the results, even though Rob has yet to uh, release his uh, predictions from the last three or four shows. So uh, it's not completely up to date, but mine and Amber's are still up to date. But um, Rob, to the shock of nobody, this is hard hitting. This was hard hitting. Um, you wouldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, unbelievable. It's like Matt is telling lies. Just because I didn't watch this match, now he's telling lies. But um, you had uh, Mina really throwing a lot of forms and then throwing the kicks. And they're very much like when Julia wrestles Sherry. She, she'll take three or four of the kicks to bait her in to catch one for a suplex. So that's the psychology that she used there. Of course, again, Julia does a great. I I I can't say it here because I you know I said it twice before. Julia does a great job taking somebody in the middle of the car to make him a main eventer. Mean is a main eventer. I don't think anybody's gonna argue with me, especially what she was able to do in the two matches with the white. Well, three matches. The Tam match was a white belt match. Those three matches are main event matches anywhere in any Stardom show in the world. Um, Julia's selling of the leg is really good here. Uh, Mina going back to the leg. Julie getting out of the lake submissions is really good. I, I, I want, I'm going to talk about it, but not get into too much detail because I do want you to go and watch all three of these matches because they're must see. Um, uh, Mina busts out the electric chair, dragon through leg whip, which I think she only used once uh, against Sayaka Matani when she won the Wonder Stardom Championship. So I thought that was really good. Um, eventually, though, Mina does put Julie away with the, uh, not only does she do the figure four driver, but she, she picks Julie up for it and then does like a 360 like run with it and then dropped. I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool. A, a, a different spin on it, if you will. See what I did there? <laughs> oh, mate, you're on fire today. You are on fire. Yeah, look at that. I slept good and had a good workout. Um, I had that one at four and a half stars. Again, I think at every one of these, Matt, yeah, I, I, all three of these matches, again, four and a half stars. You, Tommy, and Sori knew this was really good. I had it at four and a half stars as well. Uh, right from the get-go, you, Tommy, does a great job utilizing and her strengths and her strategy um, in this match. And we talked about it. You know, just yesterday we filmed, uh, filmed, recorded for uh, her and Saya. We mentioned how Utami's very good at strategy, basically taking their opponent's strength out of the, uh, you know, out of their, uh, out of the wheelhouse, or try to, you know, put them in an uncomfortable position early on. That Utami does in that match, working on Saya's back. And here she uses a front headlock and a side headlock really well in the opening parts of this match to kind of wear Sori and New down and not letting her get to that second or third gear because Sori knew very much like Saya Kamatani, Rob, is very good at like the explosive offense. So I thought that was a really, really good uh, good way for Utami to start this match. And again, she's kind of the elder statesman, especially in stardom, you know, former uh, Red Belt champion, former uh, winner of this tournament. A lot of people's picked to win this tournament this year. The really cool spot where Utami goes to the top rope, Sori knew cuts her off. And uh, she sets her up for the fisherman suplex, which I have dubbed the perfect, perfect plex. And I noticed this, that when she had her set up, Utami didn't have her right hand planted on Soria New's hip so she can get the full spring. 
And so Inu grabs Utami's hand and puts it down and places it on the hip. So this way it protects Utami from it. So she hits the fisherman suplex and then floats over and then does does another one. So she hit back to back perfect, perfect plexes, which is a really, really cool spot. Um of course Utami does a great job getting the advantage back with the shoulder tackles, the clotheslines, you know, building her momentum up. She tries for the hijack bomb, and then uh, there's a really cool near fall where Sori Anu escapes out, and she does that really fantastic backslide that she does that tends to beat everybody, and a lot of people fell for that as a finish. I did as well. Um, I thought that was really cool. Utami's able to slide out and then hit a sliding lariat. Um, Sori Anu then hits a, ger- a crazy German suplex, dro- dropping Utami right on her head. That scored her a two count. And then uh, Sori Anu, she does that pottering finish where she grabs your wrist, and then she basically pulls herself into the flipping neckbreaker. Well, she tries that, and guess what Utami does for a counter, Rob? Is it the air raid crush? No, Lariat. <laughs> Even worse. Oh. <laughs> that would be a cool one. Yes, that would be a really cool counter. Yeah, look at you. Look at you coming up with Utami. You should be Utami's manager. But like, go for the air raid crash. That would make sense, but she decides, I'm just going to put my arm out and throw my hip into it and take your head off. That eventually leads I'm to... I'm just going to destroy Sayori <laughs> yeah. Anu. Yeah. Let's see you have time limit draws with no head. <laughs> That's what it was, because I think at that point, we're like 11, 12 minutes in, because then eventually Utami just builds to her finishes, hitting the bombs back to back to back, as she does. Uh, really good finish. She uh, gets the pin with the deadlift German suplex. Again, I had that at four and a half stars. But again, I had all three of those matches at four and a half stars. If I had to pick what match I enjoyed the most, I'm going to say Izumi and Hana, which if you told me going into it, ranked these one, two, or three, the Julian Mina match, I probably would have thought would have been the best with Utami and Sori and New right there. But I probably would have had Izumi and Hana as like the, I, I knew I was going to enjoy it. And again, I enjoyed all three of these matches. But if you're asking me, Matt, what's the best match from this show? And I don't know if a lot of people are going to agree with me, but I would say Izumi and Hana. Now, I know Scott on Twitter, Scotty Wrestling, friend of the show. Hello, Scott, if you're listening. Um, you beautiful Boston You man. handsome man. Um, you, you Sam Adams going, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that he was very, very complimentary of this, of the Hannon and Azumi match. And I believe he echoed your sentiments by saying it's Hannon's best singles match. So, uh, I mean, I am going to watch this. I was, I did briefly think about potentially leaving this show to review next week but we have got 8,435 shows to review next week because stardom must stardom <laughs> and put out pay-per-views so uh we'll uh i'll uh, i'll check that out because i am really really intrigued let's let's be honest this this five star and i know that the five star isn't the same as the g1 because the five star you sort of get the odd match here and there like we got one on stardom x stardom for example but there hasn't been a bad match. There hasn't been a boring match. And I'm sure the 15-minute time limit does help that. But when you think about the G1, which was certainly not panned by any stretch of the imagination, I know both the semi-final between Naito and Osprey and the final between uh, Naito and Okada, I know they were spoken of extremely highly. But this five-star, like, everyone is hitting the heights. Like, even Hannon, and I don't mean that derogatively or offensively, Hannon, who is very young, the youngest person in the tournament, you know, the most inexperienced in many ways, is putting on bangers. Like, everyone is pulling it out of the bag, and what a tournament it is for it. You know, Mariah May, who a lot of people were like, why is she in this tournament? Why is she in this tournament? She can't wrestle. She's just a blonde... Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) 
and you know first of all use words um and secondly like i've already said during this podcast she's had three absolutely fantastic matches with azumi with sayori anu with julia so uh, overall this tournament has been phenomenal and i can't wait to see some of these matches that we've got coming up julia and micah on the 9th of september mayu Ibutani versus siori i know that they'll uh, Korokan show on the 15th, with, which obviously we'll review next week. Hazuki versus Suri for the first time in singles action. Good grief. That's going to be incredible. I can't wait for that. Um, however, I must wait, and therefore it is time to talk about the main event in many ways of this podcast. It's the review of Stardom's latest, um, their latest pay-per-view offering, which of course is Stardom X Stardom Osaka Summer Team. Um, this was from the 13th of August from Osaka, Japan, Edian Arena, Osaka. It drew 1,796 people, which is just under or just over 40 people less than when they ran Stardom Supreme Fight there in February, which was main evented by Julia versus Suzu Suzuki. So not a terrible number by any stretch of the imagination, especially when you consider that this was a pay-per-view that many people thought was sort of thrown together. We all knew that um, Mayu versus Utami would have a fantastic match, and we all suspected that Cosmic Angels and Club Venus would have a fantastic title match for the Goddess of Stardom Championships. But Matt, if we're talking about this pay-per-view, even if you want to include the Gauntlet tag match, which I believe is the longest match on the card, it is, it's the longest match on the card, this pay-per-view is extremely svelte. It, it runs by, I think the entire pay-per-view runtime is 3 hours 15 minutes. And I said to you, if you fast-forward the entrances and the post-matches, you can get the bulk of the main card done in an hour, which is crazy. But overall, this pay-per-view, I went into it with, let's say, moderate expectations. And I went in with, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, I went in with relatively low expectations for the main event. However, this show blew all of my expectations out of the water and proved once and for all that I should never doubt the Hatman map. And never doubt Tam either. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's where it all, all lies. Yeah, when they uh, when they do the run for this card, like they always do, Rob, at the beginning, and I mentioned when I did the preview last week, it was like I completely understand why you'd put the red belt on last, and I was very adamant when they announced their All Star Grand uh, Queendom with double sprinkles on top, super duper looper. When they announced that they're going to be double main event with Mercedes and Mayu for the IWGP and Tam versus Julia for the world, I was like, well, as much as Mayu and Mercedes is the uh, dream match, I was hoping that the red belt would go on last, which this one was a little bit different for me. As much as I value the world of stardom championship, I was like the bigger match here is Utami versus Mayu. That's going to be the best match, the bigger match. And Rob, when they did the run through and they showed that, so that was going to be the co-main event. I was kind of like, okay, they're really putting a lot of stock in this Megan Bain, Tam uh, world of stardom championship match. And I know I talked to you a little bit uh, on the text message last week. Did you think that Mayu and Utami was going to main event going into this? I would have been very surprised. I'd have been, I, honestly, I, I did see that the Red Belt was going to main event. 
because just because it's the red belt i mean yes you can argue that white belt has main evented over it but i don't see the iwgp women's championship anywhere near the level of the world of stardom title even with someone like Mayu holding it, even with the relatively short lineage of the IWGP Women's Title, which is Kyrie, Mercedes, Monet, and Mayu, you know it's a it's a really good lineage. But even so, the Red Belt is the Red Belt. It's the pinnacle of stardom. And even if you have someone who you know a lot of people with Megan Bain have sort of gone, well, why is she challenging for the Red Belt? Who is this person? And you know, r- relatively rightly so, because it did sort of come out of nowhere. But overall, you knew this was going to be the main event, um, even if it would have to follow what was inevitably going to be a banger between Mayu and Utami. So in answer to your question, Matt, no, not really. I wasn't massively um, surprised, but even so, I was very, very surprised by uh, by the fantastic match that Tam and Megan Bain were able to put together. Yeah, good stuff, brother. So we had on uh, the YouTube pre-show, we had the Gauntlet Tag Team Match, um, and the entrants were as follows. And this contained possibly one of the greatest returns in stardom history. Obviously, we were in Osaka, (laughs) and uh, what that means is we were blessed. We were privileged to see the return, Matt, of Billick and Death. Of Billick and Death. Billick and Death, unfortunately, didn't win, though. Um, uh, the win, oh. of course, went to Maysera and Suzu Suzuki. But won our hearts. She did indeed win our hearts. She seemed to be far more into this gimmick this time than she was <laughs> last time. I loved it. Um, so, Maysera and Suzuki, Suzu Suzuki defeated Billick and Death and Wakasugiyama. Donna Del Mondo team of Mike and Tekla. The God's Eye team of Amasori and Mirai. Hanako and Suri, Hanan Hina, um, and Momoka Hananzano, um, and Yuna Mizumori, Aweda Tais, Momo Watanabe and Rina, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, and Hazuki and Saya Ida. Now, I just want to put that into context, okay? In the pre-show of this pay-per-view, apparently they couldn't do anything, and I'm I imagine the injury to Sayakamatani probably threw a spanner into some of the works here. However, there was nothing for Mirai, your white belt champion. Nothing for Micah. Nothing for Azumi. Nothing for Hazuki. Nothing for Momo Watanabe. Nothing for Suri. I mean, Suri is your former red belt champion, and she's fighting Billick and Death. Damn right. Like, What's wrong with that? Trying to, trying to grab money here. It, 18 people, 1,800 people came here to see Billick and Death versus Sherry. I don't know, I don't know where your negativity is coming from, brother. <laughs> I I, I am not being negative, my friend. What I am asking for is Billick and Death for the five-star. Um, yeah, it, it's just so weird that this roster is so stacked. I mean, I say stacked. After this match, there is six other matches on this card. Like I say, it was a really quite short pay-per-view. Um, but, Matt, I know that you wanted to say some things about the gauntlet tag. You said it was a fun little uh, fun little outing. Yeah, it was fun. And again, look at the talent that's in there. Even we get to, again, what I dubbed the new Miracle Violence collection uh, connection, excuse me, with Hazuki and Saida. When I saw they were going up against Mariah and Ami, sorry, uh, Again, every every match was a mini match, but their stuff was really good. It was hard hitting. Of course, we had a double over the top rope. 
I did actually have Peg, Mace, Air, and Suzuki to win this tournament. So even though I'm tanking pretty bad on my five-star predictions, there's a possibility in my own mind because this is 20 people and I got this right. I might put, give myself 10 or 12 points and that might help me uh, get past Kirsty <laughs> in this tournament. Um, yeah, it was fun. It's nothing like must-see, must but a really good way to start the match. Not only that, but you're getting, as you mentioned before, a lot of stars in this match, not only stars, the faction didn't, sh- but stars from stardom. And again, I, I mentioned uh, a little bit ago when we started the show, how good Azumi and uh, Miyuamasaki are. And they, outside of Suzu and Maysera, I thought they were the MVPs uh, of this match. But again, it's nice. It gets everybody on the card. It gets everybody a payday. It gets everybody in front of a really big crowd, a really hot crowd on a pay-per-view. So uh, good on stardom on doing that. But yeah, it is kind of weird just how fast this card was. Excuse me. And I mentioned before how um, because this card was going so fast, I mentioned excuse me, not before uh, before we were recording when me and you were talking, that I thought Mayu and uh, Utami was going to go an hour. And the way that that match was pacing, you know, and we'll get into it in, in a little bit here, that it was going to go an hour. But, uh, yeah, you figured you may have could have broken this up maybe into one or two tag matches or one or two, like, six-person matches. But regardless, it was a fun guy and it did what it needed to do and got the crowd warmed up for the, uh, you know, I guess really the the main the main part of the show and to be fair we we sometimes say that you know there's no need for these undercard tags all the time um it is a criticism i've seen of you know stardom new japan and things like that maybe just give your main matches longer and you know what they did do that so we can't complain at all um uh, we move on to the first match of what many perceive to be the main card with our five star grand prix match our only five star grand prix match of the night with starlight kid getting her first victory moving to two points defeating natsukatora in seven minutes and 31 seconds with the momoraki um matt starlight kid only just getting on the board now, a little bit of a quiz question. That leaves one person in the entire five-star, discounting Sayakamatani, who is on zero points. Can you tell me who that person is? It is, uh, I guess, my favorite wrestling stardom for the Q&A we did yesterday, and my wife's pick to win the whole thing, one Hazuki. Yep, of course it is, because I predicted it to get to the final. Yeah, and Amber picked it up. However, may I mean, there is still a little bit of the tournament left. She could run the gauntlet. She had a reverse gauntlet last year, if you remember. She went 7-0 and and then dropped every single one of the matches. So if you're adding on... Oh, yeah, she had a nightmare. I think, <laughs> she had a nightmare. I think somebody messaged me the other day that she lost something if you went last year and this year. I think she's lost eight five-star matches in a row. And you add that in with her tr- horrible record in white belt and red belt matches it's like oh boy again more reason why i love hazuki and i have firm belief that by by this time next year should be holding the wonder of stardom championship fingers crossed we all love hazuki because she does not take a day off at all but i'm um, talking about this match starlight kid very much like suzu suzuki gets her match with Tori, really a backup against the wall really you know as these matches are going these days are going and you're again it's a shorter field than it was last year so you don't have as many matches to make up points. Starlight Kid really needed to get a win here. And even when I did the preview show last week, I said, oh, Starlight Kid's going to get a win here because she needs the points. And I thought, no, they need to really establish Tora as the leader of a wet tie. Tora, who was out for you know a year plus with that knee injury, and for a lot of newer 
uh, watchers of Stardom, me included, it looked like the leaders were Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe, and I thought this would be a good place to really have Tora established as the leader of Oedo Kai. But then again, you want Starlight Kid because she's got Mayu, I believe, on the final night, and they always do a good job building that up for that match to mean something going into the finals. So I didn't know which way they were going to go with it. I did predict Tora to win. Uh, my wife did have Starlight Kid to win, so as usual, she gets the win here. But really, I get the win here because I was able to watch this match uh, as it happened. Starlight Kid, very aggressive, comes out you know, with a jump dive to start. Uh, of course, it's a wedo tie and a wedo tie. So, of course, you're going to get a crazy brawl to start this match. Why wouldn't you? You're doubling down on a wedo tie happening to a wedo tie, Rob, right? Absolutely. You've got to. You've got to. And you do, obviously, the brawling. Starlight Kid is now a wedo tie. But I feel like she even does brawling with grace we had we started with an acai moonsault what what more could you want from a star like head brawl yeah absolutely and then she really i mean she pours it on tour she hits a draping ddt the 180 uh splash that she does i guess her version of the fairy hill gift we have to come up with a fancy name for it i don't know if she already if she has it or not i always just call it the 180 uh splash um and then she starts to work on tora's knee uh, i mean it makes sense tora has the the bad knee you know coming out from that injury she had with that match with Utami about two years ago and then uh, Starlight Kid, a lot of her offense is built towards that Black Tiger uh, leg crusher submission. So I thought that was really good. But you knew what, once Tor makes her comeback, it's going to be brutal and violent. You know, and it really, it sure was. It sure was. And then really Tor was just pouring it on. It looked like that she's just going to blister with these DVD bombs and the uh, and the clotheslines and really her high uh, her high paced offense, or excuse me, her high powered offense. But then really it's just one mistake, which is the genius of this match. Tor misses the Swanton bomb and uh, Starlight Kid hits the uh, the Momo latch for the three count. Kind of coming out of nowhere, but I really like the surprise finish and the way this match kind of went up and down and it just really turned tides back and forth. Uh, again, I thought it was a solid match. I actually had a solid four-star trap. Really enjoyed the psychology of the back and forth match. And I like how Tor was like, all right. So Tor, who's kind of a sore loser we saw in the cage match, was like, all right, I lost. Do your stupid, uh, uh, put the mask on me. Give it. She's like, all right, all right, God, you can do it. Get it out, get it over, get it over. It's not like he was just milking it. And Tori's like, all right, take the damn picture, put it in the magazine, and get me out of here. The picture as well that they've posted on Twitter of that is absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely love that. Um, I gave it three and a half. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's again seven minutes. It's good fun. I do like the fact that there's not just shenanigans in a weather tie versus a weather tie matches. It did, it used to get quite predictable, um, but here they basically wrestled as though they were wrestling someone from a different faction, and the match benefited significantly for that. However, there's one thing I didn't like about this match: that box. Now, <laughs> the moment. Starlight Kid, she sets Tora up, and you're like, oh my god, she's going to hit her with something, this is going to be violent. And she takes a swing at Tora like she's biting in the MLB, and it just makes the most pathetic dunk noise you've ever heard. It Honestly, it wouldn't have hurt a fly. It was the most pathetic sound you've ever heard. We need something better than the boxer weather tie. Start brainstorming ideas. Let's get a better thing than the box. Um, but yeah, overall, a good match. Great start for Starlight Kid to finally get on to the board. And hopefully, 
come the final night, be in and around that top spot in Red Block. I do want to say real quick, Rob, as this is the last five-star match that we are going to review, um, I am currently on 12 points, and my lovely bride is on 15 points. So she's creating a little bit of a separation here, where last year I absolutely destroyed her throughout the entire tournament, and I'm getting a little, <laughs> little worried, a little nervous. But, however, again, the real winner of this is me, because I get to watch this and then talk about it with you fine folks. So, really... You know, that's that's really what counts in my heart. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we move on then to the high-speed championship match um, that saw Saki Kashima make her second successful title defense of the high-speed title, defeating Kogama in 4 minutes and 53 seconds with the Kish Kasai. Uh, Matt, Four minutes, not a great deal, you can say, about this. I do like the fact that Saki Kashima is bringing this, uh, for lack of a better phrase, and again, parental advisory, chicken shit heel um, sort of aspect into the high-speed championship. I do enjoy that. Kogama looked very good in her brand-new gear, but ultimately, it was a high-speed match. You do sometimes forget just how good Kogama is at high-speed matches. I mean, she's called the high-speed genius, for goodness sake. But you do forget sometimes because of all the comedy. The comedy, I will point out, that she tried to uh, avoid during this match. Not only did she look good in new gear, Rob, did you notice her little uh, background, like the Titantron entrance with all the dancing bears? Wow. You didn't, oh, my God. You didn't see that? Yeah. Her, well, I mean, obviously, I, obviously they have the they started, Stardom's production quality over the past year has been has improved so much, especially on these pay-per-views. But if you get a chance, just go back and watch the entrance when she comes out on the, I guess, the, I'm just going to use the WWE term, the Titantron. It's a whole bunch of dancing bears. Like, I couldn't keep my eyes off. I don't know how you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 honestly i don't know i think i skipped it because oh, i was trying to get to the match because you had so much but yeah you, what's really nifty they're doing with saki's run is for the past, better part of three years you had azumi natsupoi and starlight can really hold up this division you're having fantastic matches some of them are going eight nine ten minutes some of them we've seen some of them go 30 minute time limit draw they've all been really good matches where saki's doing something different and no disrespect to Saki and the Saki fans out there. I really think this is she's just a placeholder until May Sarah gets it. And then we'll see the higher quality of matches coming. Not that these aren't quality, but it's something different. Um, so it was yeah, interesting to uh to see here. Again, a little under five minutes, but it was really nonstop and they did a great job with so many different near falls. And then again, you can tell that she's so afraid of May Sarah because afterwards, May Sarah was very busy on this show, especially uh, during the main part of the show, because afterwards, May Sarah challenges Saki Kasper and Saki Kasper is like, I will defend the high speed championship. And May Sarah was all happy. And she goes, against Momo Kogo. Like, it's so good. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you are. She's like, not against you, but against Momo Kogo. Like, where's Momo? She's not even doing commentary. Or like, Momo Kogo wasn't, I don't think she was even there seconding Koguma. Uh, yeah, it's considering the fact that she's part of stars and I could be wrong, but like, she's like nowhere to be found here. Like we're defending the title against someone that's got nothing to do here, which is, she makes no sense. But for Saki Kashima's character in this role makes all the sense. And I think it's just genius. Um, good match. I only had a three and a quarter stars. There was nothing wrong with it. It's just, I think with these Saki uh, high speed matches, you're going to get a lot of comedy, a lot of back and forth near falls, and then it's going to go sub five minutes. Yeah, 
it's going to rely a lot on shenanigans, and that's fine. It It's something a little bit different. It can break up the card. Um, I believe, and I might be wrong, but I believe Momokogo was at some sort of Comic-Con thing. I know that she did a video that uh, we'll talk about a little bit later on um, where she laid out a challenge um, and she was dressed as someone or something. Again, fantastic journalistic analysis there from me, but she was dressed and she had a gun and didn't look anything like Momokogo, but it was when she was um, sort of laying out her challenge for the strong women's title, which we'll be talking about shortly. Goddess of Stardom Championships match next with the Cosmic Angels team, Natsupoy and Sayori Anu, defeating the champions Rose Gold in their second defense to become the 29th Goddess of Stardom champions. Uh, Natsupoy defeating Mariah May with the Fairy Strain, ending the Rose Rose Gold reign at 49 days. Matt, we knew it would be good. We hoped it would be good. And thank God, it was fantastic. I had high expectations for this going in. To me, this succeeded. How about you? Because I knew, I think we all had high expectations. Did this meet or exceed what your expectations were? I also had very high expectations. I think it just exceeded them. But not because, like, not because it was bad, because I knew that it would be good. So I was already like, right, I know this is going to be good. Please live up to the expectations. And it did. And I think there were parts I was like, good God, this is brilliant. Yeah, and Mariah made dumping Natsupoy on her head with the German suplex and the Saito suplex and Natsupoy again firing back up. Again, this is like the Natsupoy show today. It really, really is. The way she fires back up with her crazy strength and her, her German suplex. And uh, again, throwing that spin kick and Mina really throwing down with strikes with both Natsupoy and uh, Sorianu. And then we know that Rose Gold have fantastic team. If we, again, we talked about it back in early spring when you would see the tag matches and six-person matches you know, on the quote-unquote Road 2 shows. I even said I wouldn't be shocked if they get a Goddess of Stardom Championship shot or a run coming up in the future because they're so good together. And they're tag team work was really good uh not supporting story new obviously they were having miscues and some tag work that led up to the strap match so you weren't sure how they were going to be together as a team they were fantastic i mean they were i mean they hit that double flipping neck breaker that led into the uh the fairy strain finish that that was great and they did a great job singling out uh mariah may um towards the finish of the match and then they would hit her with like a double team and then because Natsupoy was legal Sorunu would quickly turn around to see where Mina was again Mina kind of being the elder statesman of the team she's the former white belt champion she's the leader of Club Venus so they did a great job figuring you know divide and conquer let's hit the double team move on Mariah May and let's do something to keep Mina out because we only need to keep Mina out for two or three seconds to get the pinfall and I thought that was that was a really good strategy going towards the end. It was great double teamwork back and forth, uh, really great psychology, how they were able to weave that in. And then uh, we had a lot of great counters as well. This was terrific. I figured this would hit four, four and a quarter stars for me, which is a great rating. But again, to me, it exceeded. This is one of the best stardom straight-up tag matches of the year. I had it four and a half stars, and I did not see the tag belts changing uh, this quickly. Uh, and this is just something really cool that they can do now for uh, Natsupoy as now she's part of this team with Sori New. 
They're firing it on cylinder on all cylinders. It seems like everything is well in Cosmic Angels. Um, the question I have for you there, Rob Goodwin, is now that Mina no longer has the Goddess of Stardom Championship, does this free Mina up to possibly win the five star? Considering the fact that it was it was reported that Sayakamatani was going to win. Is this now, is this where they go now with Mina Shirakawa? Do they build her back up in this tournament? Considering the fact that the day before she got that big, big win over Julia, who won this tournament last year, who has the best hand in stardom. Sorry, Hazuki, you're close. And is also the former uh, World of Stardom champion. Where does that go? Does this now free Mina up to possibly win this tournament or make a huge, huge run going into that final night? It's a very, very good question. A very good question. I'd say she has to be in the conversation. She has to be. Um, otherwise, there's there's very little point having the belts drop here. Um, because you already felt like the Goddess of Stardom titles were sort of a sort of consolation prize for dropping the white belt to Tam. So... Can I see Mina Shirakawa there on the final night? Potentially. Potentially. I mean, who's she got on the final night? Let's have a quick look. Because that really could sort of telegraph whether she is going to be in the conversation. I give this four and a quarter stars, by the way. Fantastic match. Really, really enjoyable. Um, for all the reasons Matt has said. Um, right, five-star info. Let's see who Mina has got on the final night. Oh, I wish. Mina. It's not Natsupoy. It's not Natsupoy for once, I know that. <laughs> nope, Siori and New. So her, her run-in is Mariah May on the 15th, so she's just done that at um, Corican. She's then got Azumi, Momo Watanabe, Micah, and Siori and New. I mean... I could see it. I could see it. It it blue block really is. Especially now, because I thought it was going to be a straight shootout between Utami, Julia, and Micah. And now you've got Mina in there, you've got Momo's made a really good start to the tournament. Um God knows. Absolutely, it's great, isn't God it? Knows. It just makes this tournament even. Absolutely. It makes this tournament even better. Makes this tournament even better, buddy. Makes this tournament even better because the fact that so many people had Julia pegged to win last year and she won, and even though it was like, oh, we, everyone thought she was going to win, still did not take away from the tournament. I think everybody agrees it's one of, if not the best, five stars ever. And this one again, we just talked about the matches. You know, if you haven't been listening for the past almost two hours, what are you doing? But uh, now the fact that you kind of don't know where they're going to go, and it's just like. Does Mina take this now? Because Mina and Tam are, they, you know, they're big draws for stardom. Do you run that back now with Mina with even more momentum and building Tam up with more momentum at the end of the year? I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, making money and putting an ass every 18 inches to quote Jim Ross. And if you're going to put that on, I don't see any way that that doesn't draw anything less than 2,500 people. But obviously, that's another story for another day. Great match, and now we're left with more questions than answers, but in a good way, my friend, in a good way. Let's move on then. Final three matches. The strong women's title on the line. Julia making her first defense, defeating you, not you, but you, um, in 19 minutes and one second. Now, 
I really liked this match. Just to get this out of the way, I really, really liked this match. I thought they told a good story of Julia overcoming the odds, and especially towards the end, you wasn't able to use that big, big power offense that we so often attribute to her. Now, Matt. Yes. Did you... I know that you are not Yu's biggest fan. You have been very, very vocal about her, the fact that she doesn't sell being detrimental to her opponents. Here, the fact that she lost via submission as well, it was the Bianca that Julia locked in after doing the work on Yu's arm that meant you couldn't hit those big power moves. How do you think she sold during this match? How do you think she performed? Is this the best singles match you've seen you have in a stardom ring? Her selling uh, was very below average for me. And I will, uh, I, I do like you. I think she's a really good wrestler. But her lack of selling in a promotion that she's not full-time in, especially with stardom, not only being the biggest women's wrestling promotion in the world, but being the second biggest wrestling company in Japan. And the fact that she comes in here and her job is to put over other talent. And the fact that she does not... And now, again, I've talked about this before. Her match in the God of Stardom tournament, she didn't sell anything for Miyu Amasaki. Miyu Amasaki, her strikes at that point weren't what they are now. I get it. But her lack of selling for people like Mariah and Ami Sori, and even in the match, totally killed the tag title match at All-Star Grand Queendom. So I figured, okay, I went to this optimistic. It's Julia. She's one of the hardest hitters. She's one of the biggest stars on the planet, regardless of promotion, country, gender, anything. Like she's she's gonna sell here, right? She's going. Julia does that tribute dropkick to Honda Kimura. Not only does she not sell, but you powers up. It's almost like she's the absorbing man from the comic book. She gets stronger. Julia throws those punches that she's knocked Tam Nakano out with the one that's like I don't know if it's a closed fist or not, where she argues with the ref. Not only does she not sell it, but she powers up. And I even literally took my pen and threw it in the air. I'm like, we're literally doing this to Julia. We are not not only not selling for Julia, but your punches are giving you strength. How is this even possible? Eventually, Julia, Julia overcomes. We get towards the last part of the match. You does a decent job selling, sells the arm. However, Julia gets the tap, uh, the verbal submission victory. You rolls out. She literally takes her arm and she shakes it off. She pushes the cameraman and leaves. Um, it was a good match. Again, I I do like you. I think and I. And I, I do like you, Rob Goodwin. I, I love you, Rob Goodwin, and you, our listeners. You, the wrestler, I think is very, very good. I think she'd be a lot better if she would just sell, especially to certain opponents. I get it. It's kind of her thing. She's a bigger, stronger, more dominant wrestler. Again, when you're not selling to the likes of a Mirai, a likes of an Ami Sori, of a likes of a Julia, for a New Japan Strong Championship match where you're not selling these loads, and again, not only not selling them, you're absorbing them and becoming stronger. Like you're some sort of superhero. I didn't jive with it. Julie was good here. You was good in the spots that she was good in. Would have been better if she sold. I had it at four stars. Good match. And uh, I'm going to tag out and put you in there, brother. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to add anything to that because genuinely all I could think throughout this match is Matt is going to hate this bit, especially early on. Like I get I, I Like you said, I get it. You are trying to put you over as this tank 
of a person who it, it does take a lot of willpower to overcome. And I thought Julia had some really, really good ideas in trying to wrap the arm up in the ropes and how she was able to manipulate that arm into triangle holds and things like that and really weaken the arm of you. But yeah, there was, there was moments where the selling left a little bit to be desired. Um, but all I could think of throughout this match is I can't wait to talk to Matt about this because Matt, who, as I've already said, is the most negative person on the podcast. Um, and... I just knew that you would hate it. And you didn't And for someone who four is four stars, it was good. But go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's fine. For someone who is so, you know, joking aside, someone who is so positive, it's very rare that things irk you. So uh, just to hear your uh, your very candid thoughts on Hughes uh, inconsistent selling, let's say, um, I think says a whole lot. But yeah, I gave it four stars as well. It was a decent match um and then of course we got the reveal that julia will be defending the strong title at multiverse united 2 in the worst kept secret in uh in stardom um she will be defending in a four-way um though it was only announced to be a triple threat at the time when a video package aired of impact wrestlers diana perrazzo and giselle shaw who uh laid down the challenge for julia julia accepted in ring and then momokogo made a challenge via video um later on after the show again from i think some sort of comic-con maybe maybe someone will tell me um so the four-way is set for multiverse united julia versus momokoga versus diana Perazzo versus giselle shaw um first thing matt are you excited for this match second thing do you get the impression that momokogo goes over to help out with the english of japanese wrestlers Ooh, I didn't even look at it. I would have rathered the singles match with Deanna, but maybe they're setting that up for either a stardom show or when Julia comes back after the five star, you know, maybe somewhere on an impact show to help maybe help with the ratings. But I didn't think about that, but that's a very, very good point. Maybe she helps, you know, kind of putting that together. So, uh, yeah, the four way should be good. I've seen a little bit from Giselle Shah. Uh, she, you know, she's, she's pretty talented. Deanna Perrazzo is great. Momo Kogo's uh, tremendous and very underrated. And Julia, again, she's Julia. I mean, just one of the best in the world. And I'm so excited. And again, I will be there, folks, live. I will be there covering it uh, for the uh, Stardom Cats podcast. I waited literally to the last minute until they full, they announced that she was coming. Literally to the point as Mayu and Yutami were doing their entrances, I had to run upstairs at 3 o'clock in the morning and get my wallet. And I may or may not have woken my wife up because I was like, let me get these tickets because I have a feeling that they will sell out. So, uh, yes, I will be there for that show that it's actually on this Sunday. So if uh, you see me there, come and say hello. Um, I would, uh, but that would be nice. Um, but yeah, it should be something interesting, but I didn't put that. See, that's why you're so dynamite at this, buddy. You think outside the box. But yeah, Momo Kogo being there to help out maybe the English translation to putting this match together might be one of the reasons why she's there. Or the fact that when she wrestled Willow Nightingale on the uh, New Japan show back in L.A., she got crazy over. So that this might be a reward for her as well. Maybe. Right. So the last two matches, Mayu Iwatani, the IWGP Women's Champion, um, who has held the belt for 115 days without defending it, um, has defended it successfully for the first time against uh, Yutami Hayashishta, defeating her in 21 minutes and 32 seconds with the beautiful Poison Rana, which, according to the Stardom website, she's christened Dragon's Ray, which is a great oh, name for Man, her. I love it. I love um, it. What can you say about this match, Matt? I mean, 
you take two of the best wrestlers on the stardom roster and you say here's 20 minutes go and do what you do and there was a moment where yutami keeps getting up and just launching mayu over her head with german suplexes and you just think this is fantastic. And there was another moment where you see Mayu curled almost in the fetal position on the floor, having just, I think, absorbed a lariat and just completely dead stare, completely wide-eyed dead stare. And that sort of selling is phenomenal. Both these women are such good sellers. And actually, there was little callbacks to uh, to the match we looked at on Monday with Sayakamatani and Yutami, with Yutami targeting Mayu's back, um, which I thought was quite nice, quite nice little nod to uh, to the past. Overall, we could we could go move for move on this match. It's Mayu Iwatani, it's Yutami Hayashista. Go and watch it. It is the show of it's the match of the show, should I say, four and a half stars. Go and check it out. If you were going to check out this card. It was for this match. And this match did not disappoint in any way, shape, or form. Now, Rob, I know you fast-forward through a lot of the entrances just to get this down and are just so you can be able to watch this match for the, the podcast. And again, I just mentioned how I had to run to get my credit card to get the tickets for the uh, the Julia match coming up this weekend. So I missed the entrances. However, I had several people tweet me what Mayu did did you see Mayu being Mayu during her entrance? I did not see Mayu doing Mayu things. Now, first of all, she came out the championship thing and she came out with the mask, which is very rare, which I thought was awesome. That's like, you know, it's championship Mayu. So Mayu gets to the top rope to like kind of, you know, go and like do the pose. She gets like one foot on the middle rope as she goes to the next one. She drops the IWGP championship all the way to the floor. <sighs> And she sells it too. Like if that was me, and I've done dumb things before, and some wrestlers like I'm just not gonna sell. It. I'm gonna wait till the second hands me the bell. But she's very, it's very adult. She's like, oh look what I did, look what I did. I'm like, of course. And then she goes out like she's so clumsy, and then she goes out and put what well, you deemed a four and a half star match. I had it four and three fourths. It's just like she's so clumsy, and you're just like, really, this lady's gonna. If you've never seen Mayu wrestle before, and you're just like, I'm going on Matt and Rob's, you know, recommendation. This lady's great. And you're watching this for the first time. Like she can't even hold the belt up properly. How's she gonna have this match that you're telling me is worth my thirty, you know, odd dollars for this pay per view? And then twenty minutes goes by, and you're like, yeah, they're absolutely right. It's just like she completely one eighties it. But again, man, we were talking about uh, before off air about how how fast this show was going, and the fact that this might go sixty minutes, and it was building towards a sixty minute match, and then Mayu misses the dive, her patented dive onto Utami on the outside and they're kind of going back and forth. I'm like, oh, maybe they're just stalling for time to build, you know, for the maybe the last 30 minutes. And then they get on the apron and Mayu just the Snapdragon on the apron. I'm like, yeah, they're not going third. Or they're not going 60 minutes. And just kept building from there. And yeah, you talked about, you know, Utami just launching Mayu and Utami able to slow down Mayu with again, utilizing going to the back, going to the half crab and going to the rear naked choke, setting up for the torture rack bomb. But Mayu able to go counter for counter with Utami eventually hitting a brutal dragon suplex, uh, hitting the super kick, and of course that reverse poison rana, dragon's reign, great name. Yeah, fantastic match. This was everything I thought it would be, and then some. Even to the point where Dave Meltzer even said, he said, hey, I didn't see this match, but I've had a lot of people telling me 
obviously Osprey versus Naito was great. Naito versus Okada was great. But I had a lot of people telling me to go out of my way to check out Mayu versus Utami. And a lot of people were tweeting at Meltzer saying that as good as the matches from the G1 were, that Mayu versus Utami was the match of the weekend. So keep hammering on Big Dave, folks, because we need bigger publications to cover Stardom because, goddamn, they deserve it. Yeah, this was great. We knew it was going to be great. Um, Again, four and three-fourth stars match. Match of the year contender in any wrestling company, any way you slice it, go out of your way to see this match. If you have, if you haven't seen this match and you listen to us, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? But uh, even if you have seen this match, go and watch it again. It was terrific. Finally, our main event of the evening saw Tam Nakano defeating Megan Bain in 16 minutes and 23 seconds for the World of Stardom Championship um, for a second successful title defense with the Tiger Suplex. Now, Matt, I am very sorry. I need the toilet, but I am going to leave the beautiful Stardom cast listeners in your very capable hands as you go through this match. I shall be back in a second. You just cut me off when you come back, buddy, so know when you're back. So uh, I thought this match was really good. Again, I really thought it's going to be hard to outdo Mayu versus Utami. And they came, they came close. They came close. If you watch the uh, the weekend shows, kind of the quote-unquote row two shows, the way they built Megan Bain up going to this match was absolutely genius. The fact that not only did she win every match, I don't think she took a bump. And you're kind of wondering, how is Tam Nakano, how is the our world of stardom champion going to chop down this monster that's Megan Bain. And again, if you just watch this match without any context, it was a really good match. But if you watch it, how they built Megan Bain up, just destroying, going through everybody, not taking a bump, just beating up everybody, hitting everybody with the F5, pressing people all over the ring. They built Megan Bain up beautifully in this match. Um, Megan Bain is just rolling through Tam the first three or four minutes in this match. And just, it's, it's early heat on Tam. The crowd is kind of quiet, kind of just sitting on their hands, but kind of watching intently as I was on my couch, waiting to see when Tam is going to make her comeback. And then out of nowhere, Megan Bay just picks Tam up and just drops her onto the floor. And if you see these starter matches, when they do these big spots or big dives, there's always somebody to catch the person doing the dive or doing the bump on the floor whether it's a second, whether it's a rookie, whether it's, you know, part of somebody's faction. I believe not to point Sori and New were out there. Nobody that was in uh, Unum is Amori as well. Nobody was there to catch Tam. Tam took this bump right on the floor, right on her face. And at that point, like now we're going to another level because Megan Bain is just picking apart the world of stardom champion um, in Tam Nakano. Eventually, Tam is able to, uh, to get a little bit of a break, a little bit of advantage and starts throwing those kicks. Tam has very underrated kicks. He's very good at the striking. So it's chomping away at Megan Bain, kind of taking away the legs of Megan Bain. So now there's that chop Megan Bain down, but the psychology is it gives Tam a little bit of more room to kind of take a few steps back to use her explosive offense, which she does. You know, the running cartwheel kick. She hit several violent shootings in this match, but ultimately was what really turned the tide uh, in this match for Tam Nakano. Again, the psychology kicking away at the leg so Megan really can't get to Tam and, over, and able to Tam to create some distance and able to get the violent shooting. And eventually we saw several violent shootings that went into the Northern Cross uh, submission. 
Rob talked about it earlier. It's a submission that Tam really needs to start using more because it's very well done. And it's v- it looks very, very uh, dangerous the way that she puts it on. It's basically a figure four onto the head, and she basically cuts the slack out of the submission or what they call in catch wrestling, strangles the submission. There's not much room really for Megan Bain to go. Uh, Megan Bain, at this point, the crowd is 100% behind Tam. I don't think there's anybody behind Megan Bain at this point, which is what you want to do. You have a dominant heel like Megan Bain, somebody that you know is very beloved in Tam Nakano in our World of Stardom champion, um, somebody that's been with the company many, many years. Uh, Megan Bain comes back with a huge lariat that gets her a two count. Um, Tam is able to uh, hit a her Karana on a Megan Bain. Um, and then uh, we do see Megan Bain comes back with a, uh, our, she hits the her Karana. She goes for another violent shooting, but she goes to the well once too often to quote Gorilla Monsoon. And Megan Bain picks her up, hits her with a huge, huge Liger bomb and scores her two count. And then Megan Bain picks her up for the F5, which she's been destroying everybody with. Tam is able to counter with the DDT. Um, and then we do see uh, Megan Bain come back with a choke bomb. And then she counter comes back with the choke bomb, hits the F5. That's put everybody down. Literally to the point where Tam sold it and Megan Bain used it the way that it was built up in the match and built up in the matches prior, where I thought for like two seconds they were going to put the title on Megan Bain. I was like, wow, they're, they're really going all in on, on her. She hits the F5, and I'm looking where Tam is looking at the referee, and it's nowhere near there. Like, her eyes are closed, or she's looking away. So she's not looking at the count, but she knows the cadence, and Tam kicks out the very last second, which I thought was genius. I thought that was really, really good. Um, Megan Bain goes for the F5 again. Uh, She's basically selling that she's so shocked. Very much different than Saya Kamatani, where Saya will hit the, uh, the Star Crusher. And, or even Tam, even Tam, like Tam will hit one of her big moves, like the violent screwdriver. Someone will kick out instead of selling frustration. She'll go to the Twilight Dream or the Tiger Suplex or, you know, or vice versa on the moves. You'll stay aggressive where Megan Bain did very much rookie move. She hit a big move, Tam kicked out. And instead of staying on Tam, she basically sold. She was frustrated, gave Tam enough time to recoup. She goes for the F5 again. Tam is able to slip out. She hits this crazy German suplex that lands Megan Bain right on the top of her head. And then uh, Tam follows up with that, uh, fires up. It's a picture-perfect Tiger suplex, great bridge that scores her the three count. Absolutely love this match. It exceeded my expectations. I thought it was going to be good, but the way that they built this match and the psychology, and again, the way that Megan Bain was built up for this match, I thought was absolutely genius. And uh, it did look like, for again, for a couple seconds that they were going to put the belt on Megan Bain. So really great job on stardom, on the booking, building up someone who, you know, five, six weeks ago, I'd never even heard of. And here I was for two or three seconds, thought she'd be taking the top prize in stardom, the red belt, the world of stardom championship. I had this match at four and a quarter stars. I loved it. I thought they absolutely over-delivered in this match. And they made really Tam fight from underneath, which you really haven't seen Tam do much of, just because even though she's you know one of the smaller wrestlers in stardom, the fact that her aura and her presence is so big and her striking is so dominant, and she's got such a great plethora of moves, you know, between the violent shooting, the tiger suplex, the German suplex, the violent screwdriver, and of course the Twilight Dream. Um, sometimes you can't look at Tam as like fighting from underneath at least not for a good majority of the match. And they did a great job uh, doing that. I don't know if Megan Bain is here for the long run or she was just coming in just for, you know, a a smaller tour. 
you know, whether it be six, eight, 10 weeks, whatever. And this was kind of her big to do was just build her up to put Tam over. If that's what she's here to do, she did an absolute perfect job and just made Tam Nakano shine her up more as we, you know, we close off the summer months getting towards the fall and eventually what I believe Tam will be defending the world of stardom championship at the end of the year at uh, dream queendom, but again, great match. Uh, if I'm going to be a little nitpicky, because of uh, Tam kicking out of the F5 at 2.9, uh, we've seen Tam win a lot of matches with the Tiger Suplex. I would have liked to see, obviously, Tam hits the German Suplex. She hits the Tiger Suplex. I would like to see Megan Bain kick out of the Tiger Suplex. And then Tam stays on Megan Bain and she hits the Twilight Dream. I thought that would have added just a little bit more to it. But overall, great match. I thought it over-delivered for what was a great pay-per-view. Rob, are you back? Buddy? Yeah. Oh, there I, you are. You are back. Oh, I hello. Am. Hello. <laughs> Hello, been back ages, mate. Um, just listening to you, Wax Lyrical, I think it's a great summary of the match, to be perfectly honest, Mac. They started, they did a good job of building Megan Bain as an actual threat, um, to the point, like said, where there was moments where you thought Megan Bain might actually win. And I think that's testament to Tam, it's testament to Megan Bain. I mean, Tam was beaten pillar to post for the first what felt like three quarters of this match and she sold fantastically megan bain's improved over the what let's say a month since she's been in stardom less than that in fact um and overall i as i said at the start of the podcast had very meager expectations for this match simply because I felt like it was a foregone conclusion and I didn't feel like Megan Bain had really earned it. Um, which I know shouldn't be a big thing, but it, it was for me. Yet here, I feel like she put on a fantastic match. I think she put on, she had really good chemistry with Tam and I think it helped that Tam is very good at being ragdolled around a ring as proved by her matches with Julia. And ultimately, it took a lot to put Megan Bain down. So even in the loss here, it doesn't damage her if she's sticking around in stardom for a couple more weeks or months or however long this tour with stardom is. My big thing now is, where does Megan Bain go from here? Does she go and challenge for the tag titles with someone? Does she challenge for the artists with Maysayer and Suzu Suzuki or something like that? I don't know. Um, because it does feel like, right, you're done in the main event scene now. We've built you as this dominant behemoth. Now's the time to find you another place to go. Because she ain't challenging for the high-speed tile. She ain't challenging for the future of stardom tile. So what do you do with her? You've got a powerhouse. You need to do something with her. So I'm intrigued to know where she goes next i gave it four stars matt i didn't hear your rating i'm really sorry what did you uh, four and a quarter so we were right around there brilliant now unfortunately as always at the moment with the stardom cast i've completely misjudged the timing so we are gonna have to do our preview of the two cards and a little bit of a rundown of the five star block standings at the moment in double quick time so at the end of stardom x stardom the blocks for the five stars stand as thus so in blue block 
Mina leads the block on six points with three wins, one loss and no draws. Julia in second on five with a record of 2-1-1. One, and one. Momo Watanabe in third on four points, same as Utami on four points, both with a record of two wins, no losses and no draws. Mirai sits at fifth with four points, two wins, two losses. Siori Anu on, in sixth with four points, one, two and two. Micah sits in seventh on three points, one win, one draw, one loss. Uh, Mariah May sits in eighth on two points, one win, two losses, no draws. Azumi in ninth, um, again, on two points, one win, three losses, and no draws. Hannon props up the block. Two points, one win, four losses, and no draws. Red block sitting atop the pyramid is Natsupoy. Wouldn't it be great? if she could do it. Uh, seven points, three wins, one draw. Natsukatora sits at second uh, with six points, three wins, and two losses, though one of those wins does come as a forfeit from Sayakamatani. Tam sits in third, two wins, no losses, no draws on four points. Mayu sits at fourth in, with four points, two wins, one loss, no draws. Suzu Suzuki in fifth, four points, two wins, three losses, no draws. Suri in sixth with three points, one, one, and one record. Amisori in seventh with two points, one win, one loss, no draws. Again, that win coming from forfeit of Sayakamatani. Starlight Kid, two points, one win, two losses, no draws. And then propping up our block is Hazuki. Is she going to go 0-2 and then win the tournament? She currently is the only person in the five-star without a win. Um, so those are your five-star block rankings. This week end, um, the, as I, again, cannot remember the dates, um, the 19th and the 20th, we have got the, fa- sorry, the 18th and the 19th, not the 19th and the 20th. We have got New Blood 10, and we have got the Midsummer Fest 2023. The New Blood show has got Rina versus Wakasuki Armour, for the Future of Stardom Championship as your main event. We've also got, amongst other matches, a Passion Injection match with Nanai Takahashi and Saya Ida. We've also got another trial match, should we say, between Miyu Amasaki and Sayori Anu. And then we've also got the Cosmic Angels assessment match between Yuna Mizumori and Natsupoi. Matt, what are you looking forward to there? And then, who wins? Rina or Wakasukiyama? Rina wins. I'm looking forward to Sori Anu versus Miyu Amasaki. Sori's fantastic. Miyu, I've her improvement over the last eight, ten weeks has been phenomenal. And uh, really looking forward to Yuna and Natsupoy. Considering the fact I'm pretty sure Yuna's going to win, I think she's a perfect fit for Cosmic Angels. And the fact that Natsupoy is on an absolute roll and her getting a clean win over Natsupoy is only going to help her cause and make her a bigger star in Cosmic Angels. And who do you think... So, the other big match for me is Yuna Mizumori versus Natsupoi because of this awful, awful sort of weight angle that we have. Um, Do you think... 
Yuna Mizumori beats Natsupoi here. Yeah, I just said that. I just said that Yuna's, Yuna gets a win. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just said Yuna gets a win here, considering the fact that they, how, you know, we've literally talked about two and a half hours, how great Nats are, two hours plus, how great Natsupoi is. That's going to make Yuna even bigger in the Cosmic Angels that she beats a red hot Natsupoi. We then move on to the mid summer fest card, uh, which is going to be at Otaward City Gym in Tokyo on the 19th of August, which of course is the Saturday. And this is a celebration of Joshi legends. And Jesus Christ, there are some legends on this card. In the main event, we have got Tam Natsupoi and Sioria Nu taking on Hazuki, Shinobu Kandori, and uh, Takako Inoue. Never say her name. Um, we've also got Nanai Takahashi, Momo Nakanishi, and Jaguar Yokota taking on Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and you. I would love to see you not sell for Jaguar Yokota. I imagine how badly that would go. Um, and we also have on the card Dump Matsumoto, Zap, and Kyoko Inoue. Um This card hasn't sold particularly well when you compare it to Stardom X Stardom Matt. One, are you surprised by that? Two, are you looking forward to the card? There's no tiles on the line. It is primarily multi-woman tags and is, you know, if anything, as stated, a celebration of the history of Joshi. How are you feeling about this card? I thought it would sell really well because nostalgia sells really, really, really well for professional wrestling. So there might be a lot of walk-up business. There's still a couple days left. Yeah, I think maybe people might be uh, waiting last minute to get tickets. Again, I don't know too, too much in that 90s Joshi outside of what I call the big four, Aja Kong, Bull Nakano, Naomi Toyota, and Akira Hokuto. I do know Kandori and the fact that she's on the same team with Hazuki, I think it'd be interesting. I wish they were on opposite ends for obvious reasons. That's the match I'm really looking forward to the most. So, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I know you're huge on Jaguar Yokota, so I know you're excited for that. Absolutely. And I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not thinking that this is going to be Jaguar Yakota from 1985. Um, I'm not under, I'm not laboring under that misapprehension. And, you know, I know that Takako Inoue is like 50, but looks about 30. Um, all of these women are past their prime. And I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's a hot take by any stretch of the imagination. However, it's going to be nice to see them. Um, I know that Jaguar Yakota wrestles, I believe, in Oz Academy still. So, uh, perhaps that one to a lesser extent, but I am excited to see Dump Matsumoto. I'm excited to see Kandori. It's going to be an interesting card. I don't know how often I'd be excited to see this, whether it, if it does become an annual thing, but for the sake of it being a unique card, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Um, and that, Matt, brings us to the end of our podcast. Um, uh, hopefully you have enjoyed the fact that we've managed to cram in so many shows and so many reviews in this two hour plus podcast, almost two and a half hours again. Um, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you could leave us a five star review, it massively helps us out wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you could leave us a comment, it helps even more helps us be exposed to even more people um thank you to all of our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast if you haven't subscribed yet well you can subscribe for as little as a dollar to uh, open up a world of even more stardom cast stuff um you can find us on social media at the stardom cast you can talk to me 
at at real Rob Goodwin. Matt, where can they find you? And let's sign off this podcast, good sir. Absolutely. Again, this Sunday, you can find me at the 2300 Arena, which is also known as the ECW Arena in Philadelphia. Uh, also, do not forget to come up and see me and say bye, boy. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can get a hold of me <laughs> on the Twitter, the X, the Instagram, at Matt Turner OF, or shoot me an email, the stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Once again, folks, we cannot say thank you enough for the phenomenal support you show myself and Rob on a daily basis. It means the world to us. We cannot do this without you, because like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast, because we're always together, and everybody's different, everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.